0: Hello and welcome to the Frazetta Art Museum. Uh, we hope that one day you can come out and visit us at the museum here in East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. If you haven't seen uh, my father's art in person, you know it to yourself if you're a Frazetta fan or just an art lover in general. We have over 40 original oils on hand and as well as we give each patron a uh, private tour of the gallery as well as an insightful background of my father's career. You're listening to the 11 o'clock comic. <laughs> All right, sweet, sweet sound. I was a little scared this afternoon. Why? Because I was wondering what would happen tonight when after we tell them the story, they'll get it. But this is the vamp part, so maybe they'll, they'll hear this. Maybe they won't. Going into an episode without the woohoo.
1: Oh, that's right.
0: Yeah, what was you I, I going to?
1: Uh, you'd have to pull one out of the mothballs or something. I don't pull have of the one. The I don't have one. You got all these bumpers and all these intros and we don't have any woohoos on stock? I stuff, do not stuff, right? I do
0: not I don't have a clean woohoo. I have the we can, we can one that's stuff. already mixed down right. with with music and shit in the background, Look. but I do not that's nice. I do not have a clean DAP woohoo.
1: We will need to change that. We gotta fix that. We should.
2: <clears throat> I- I have all the uh, microphones and musical you know equipment instruments in the basement. I put a one down there and done, like
1: a gigantic one. Oh, oh just like Ross everything. with the keyboard, the helicopter and shit. Oh, oh. Stop
3: it. <laughs> Don't that wake me so laugh.
1: You one. did that <laughs> made me So uh. the best part
0: of that is when he's hitting the keys and his his head is cocked like he's up? listening for something.
4: <laughs> helicopter. Like he doesn't
0: know what's gonna happen.
4: <laughs> stop
0: it. Said, oh my God!
1: And yet he still, he still got Rachel Green.
4: How does yeah. that
1: happen? Yeah, she went around. She's like MJ. She goes around everybody.
0: Oh, we'll get on that. Yeah.
1: Oh, MJ,
0: stop, <laughs> slut. You
3: think that?
0: I hate her. Oh. I, I do I hate her?
2: I thought she was back for Peter. Uh, uh
0: yes and uh, no we'll
1: we'll all we'll, uh, yeah. I don't want to I don't
2: want to I'm sorry that's all right that's
1: okay we'll save it save it and we're not no, gonna it, save anything even think of that I just I don't uh, I, uh. I know right uh,
0: have you been inoculated Peter well if you uh, get anywhere near that you're gonna need some shots <laughs> she's got the Stark stank on her
1: then knows who else
0: Ugh. <laughs> anyhow this hello. This is 11 o'clock comics episode 527. Yes, sir. And I'm Vince P.
1: Woo! you are. I'm, I'm delighted to hear that you are Vince P. And I'm delighted to be here, actually. I am David A. Price.
0: You betcha you are. And I'm Arthur Pendergrass. Now. <laughs> I'm not, (laughs) whoever, whoever that is. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't know why. I'm Teddy Pendergrass. Pendergrass. Yeah. Yeah. Throw your panties on the stage. Um, unfortunately, the boy could not be with us this week. There's a long story. Dapp will fill you in on it. And, uh, Jason's not here, but in lieu of Jason, we scooped up three of the, some of the most important people. Not not a lot. well yeah not only to 11 o'clock comics because you've all heard them before if you're a, a long time listener of the show but in our lives too first up well maybe not all of them first up this <laughs> this man is a writer a scholar an educator he's bringing comics to academia we kind of love him you know um, his name's Zach crucy Hi, <laughs>
1: hi. <laughs> I can never, I can never sound cool with the hi. I know. Yo, I like I've like downplays. Like you guys are collaborators for Christ's sake. Yes, yes. I'm,
0: it's I'm true. hoping yeah. he doesn't remember that. But yeah.
1: Oh well, if he doesn't, oh, my- I'll be there to remind him. But I do, though. That's one of my
5: favorite mystery solves that uh, I, uh, we ever I, did. I so that's a great one. I could have done yeah. much
0: better. But anyway. Um, B, this dude has been here before many, many, many times. He is a rabid fan of the Eagles, the band, the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate the Eagles, man. No, you don't. You're just in denial. One day you're going to wake up and you're going to be like, oh, Desperado. I get yeah, it. Be like oh, well, the H is O. That's right. Um it's yeah. TV's Mario. You know Hi. Who, you know who he is. And last but certainly not least the energizer bunny of comics. <laughs> the, this man is always working. He's always on the grind. We've talked he's been here before. We've talked about his book um 1976 and and his awesome corner boxes and You've heard us drop the name Birds in Boxes because that's an alter ego that he uses, and he's just amazing, and he's Daniel White.
2: Hey, guys. What's up?
0: So how about that? You get three extra instead of Jason. What we did is we totaled up their IQs, and we needed to match his, so that's how it works.
2: We couldn't match up the pocketbooks.
0: <laughs> oh, no. 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 I I think with the <laughs> five of us, much we much still much. don't match up the pocketbook. Oh, hell no. With the
2: four or five of us.
0: But we do have parasols. <laughs> <Nice>. So Yes. <laughs> and honor up. And you don't ah. need a parasol to get. Inexpensive comics, graphic novels, and other assorted bric-a-brac from the previews catalog. All you got to do is shimmy on over to Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you can get everything in the previews catalog for a mere fraction of the retail price. Their discounts are amazing, literally, in this instance, because the list of specials is up, and one of them is certainly amazing, because it is Amazing Spider-Man 800 it's a big deal folks (laughs) this issue cover price 9.99 you're like well that's marvel just jacking up the price no it is a hundred pages it is the final chapter in dan Slott's spider-man chronology it is called go down swinging and unlike other anniversary issues where they tend to fill it with oh what's silk doing today oh hey let's take a look into um you know, MJ... How web shooters work. ...as she works the street corner on 53rd and 3rd. No. It's not that. <laughs> this issue of Amazing Spider-Man contains 100 pages of nothing but the storyline. The final <laughs> chapter of Go Down Swinging. It is written, of course, by Dan Slott. Art is by Imminent, and I'm, I'm thinking more people, because I, I don't see him kicking out 100 pages.
1: Yeah. Well, Your, he's been off for the past couple of issues until 797 so maybe he's been busting his hump.
0: Well, let's hope. It would be nice. But n- regardless, we're going to read it. Your price $4.99. Ooh, yeah. That's half price in case you're math challenged like myself. Not to leave them out, the other part of the big two, DC has a book out ...that I believe will resonate through the DC Universe. It's called DC Nation Number 0. Written by Tom King, Bendis, and various... ...Art, Clay Mann, and various... Get this. These stories will appear only in this comic book... ...and will not be reprinted in another comic book... ...before each series collected editions... Only the first printing of this issue will have a cover price of 25 cents. This issue will ship with four covers, blah, blah, blah. Um, the Joker reacts when he discovers Catwoman has turned her back on crime and plans to marry his arch nemesis. We got some Jorge Jimenez and James Tinian Fourth and Joshua Williamson and Bendis and Man of Steel. You need to read this, but it's not a quarter. It's 12 cents. Mm. 12 freaking cents. Jose Luis Garcia Lopez is in here. You need Yummy. To, you need to get it. And bringing up the rear, but not in our hearts. Well, maybe hers. Red Sonia Tarzan from Dynamite. Gail Simone is coming back to Red Sonia, First time in a long time. Uh, art by Walter Giovanni. And there's a plethora of covers, of course. It's dynamite. But the one I'm looking at right now is drawn by the amazing Adam Hughes. Cover price three ninety nine. but you're smart. DCBService.com will let you have it for a cents. They do not mind late orders or order editions, and you get your books all shipped right to your very door, not underneath your garage where mine was today, mm. but right to your very door. DCBService.com, just go.
3: Do
1: it.
0: Yep, Do I'm it. done.
1: I want to know what else is done. What are you drinking, Vince?
0: I am drinking the wine from Planet Aros. I don't know what it is or where it comes from, but it is up to no good.
2: So. Is that a real planet?
0: No, no. Ah. It, it's a it's ah. a, a semi-famous schlock sci-fi movie from the 50s, the brain from Planet Aros, but I call it the wine from Planet Aros. It's uh, uh, silly.
3: Cool, it's cool. Silly. silly
1: uh next is daniel
2: well uh when vince asked me today the one thing i didn't realize that i needed a drink for roll call and then this is a quick little story i realized that uh my buddy brendan and his wife and two kids i've known for years and they come to the coffee house pretty often on saturdays and out of the blue a month ago he hands me this little i don't even know what this is like a little court or something not a court but of bourbon, he's like, "Oh, I've been meaning to give this to you. I make this." And I was like, "What are you um, talking about?" I didn't know he like made bourbon, and I realized I had this. So this is what I'm drinking right now: Little Wolf American Whiskey. They're Brooklyn based. Wow, and it's a good friend of mine makes it like small batch bourbons. You know,
0: <laughs> Brand- nice. Brandon's bourbon. That's cool.
2: Yeah, yeah, Little Wolf. So
0: you're What's planning that on that drinking thing? the whole thing?
2: Uh, it's a small little guy. It's not even. It's, it's like even a dram. 25th. It's just like a little taster, but
0: oh, I'll get two drinks yeah. out of it. Cool, uh,
5: Zach. I have a Bell's Winter White Ale. Nice, as you know, mm. take the final plunge into the snowy depths as
1: it were. So, yeah, we don't want to talk about that. And last <laughs> but not least,
6: Mario. I am drinking a little whiskey as well. Like Daniel, I am drinking. Um, uh, whiskey I just discovered last week, my and, and my is working its way oh, yes. to my new favorite whiskey, which is um, Michter's uh, Small Batch US One American Unblended Whiskey. Mm. I am buying mm-hmm. a bottle of
1: that next time I see it. I cannot it's wait excellent. to try it. Um,
3: it's I, like a bourbon,
6: but it cannot be it cannot be classified as a bourbon because they don't use new charred oak barrels they used already used bourbon barrels so they can't call it bourbon because of the rules and all that but they're putting this whiskey into already used bourbon barrels and it's amazing i can't wait what do you have david um
1: i am my my dry week is over um and i'm having what i had on the last episode because it was within arm's reach And you know what, after being uh, whiskey free for a week, there's a lot more cinnamon in this bottle of Larceny 92 proof than there was last week. Um, Very nice. It's a, and, and there are, Mario and I are part of a Facebook group and and they were, um, I wasn't planning on doing this quarterly challenge where, where they try to um, go dry for a week. I wasn't planning on doing that myself. Unfortunately, um, Mother Nature and my power company decided that it would be a good time for me to do as well. And uh, this is the first time in a week where I'm actually having some alcohol. And, yeah, I figured with Mario here, it would be a good time to uh, to have some whiskey.
6: Huh. Well, hi, my friend. Well, <laughs> Hi. Well,
0: as we alluded in the beginning of this episode, chances were very good that Dap was not going to participate. He had lost power, like Jason. So that's why I, being a the semi- That's
1: all-star jamboree. Yeah,
0: being a semi-competent <laughs> producer, corralled three of our best friends, got him in here. And uh, lo and behold, Dap's power came back on. So you get almost all of us. And three awesome guys, unfortunately, yet Jason, um, still has no power. He got the brunt of, uh, snowpocalypse. I got four inches. That's erect. Jason got, uh, <laughs> what, 18?
1: About 20 or so? 20. <laughs> wow. And, and I don't think Dap Gross. even got four. Oh, dude, no. No, I, I got at least a foot. Oh, there wasn't a lot in the driveway because of just the way the bands were set up. But I, I had a ton. Well,
0: how long your driveway? On,
1: on my back deck. Um, no, my driveway isn't it. Isn't that it's long? It's it's just it's it's thick. It's Snod. stupid. It, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of girth to it, but there's it's just a. Um,
0: <laughs> my driveway is a league. It's a league long. <laughs> and, and there's
1: a there's a tree that kind of hangs over some of it. So depending on how the snow falls, mm. like one section, I'll still see gotcha. blacktop. Um. But yeah, no, I mean I, I we what's what's stupid is we for those who aren't aware, uh those of us in the Northeast, last Friday we were hit with a massive nor'easter. It was it started off with a wintry mix, but the precipitation wasn't the wasn't where the destruction was going to come from. It was going to be the gale force winds. I mean, some of the winds were whipping around at 60 miles per hour. I don't know how bad Daniel got it out on the island, but over here, uh, we and still to this day, my wife and I were driving through town Tuesday, and there were still we didn't go anywhere yesterday because of the snow, but there were still trees and down wires up and down some of our side streets. It and wow, it. I mean, we're we're in the boonies anyway, and it's it's stupid. <laughs> Uh, but, um, it's been a goddamn wreck. And so we lost power Friday afternoon. It came back Tuesday afternoon, finally. Uh, and then we got hit with a bunch of snow. There was another Nor'easter yesterday. This time the winds weren't so severe, but, but there was just a ton of, of snow and, uh, after what's funny is if you want to say it's funny is that once I'm, I'm looking at the map, once the storm has passed over us, there's no, it's not snowing outside. Everything is it's, it's, we're through the worst of it. And about an hour, hour and a half later, we lose power in our neck of the woods. And it turns out the, the one, the major street, uh, is called Peakskill hollow road. The major street we have has the um there's one power line that takes care of our entire town and instead of putting that line underground they leave that exposed to the elements and within reach of all the trees and and so that line came down that's what caused us to lose power really this morning and i thought we were going to be out at least until tomorrow but they um what's awesome is that as inept as my Power Company's management team is they brought down crews from Canada and Maine and all along the Northeast to um, get us back up and running. So I'm also drinking f- to the linemen and the tree cutting crews that uh, were out in force this weekend. Here, here.
2: So, so it yes, almost... as has been
1: said, I almost didn't make it right, until you know... about... Eight uh, seven o'clock or so is when my power was restored tonight.
3: Pulled oh, it out close. in the clinch.
0: Yeah, he pulled it out. So there you go. You pulled All, it out. All's well that almost ends well. We we're mm-hmm. sad the boy's not here, but hey, we got a party going on, and we got to bring it right. So let's let's just do that. Yes. Let's bring it. There, there's one book I I really want to talk about. I hate going first, but I know Mario read it. Yep, Dap read it. Um, and um, our uh, Daniel and Zach have history with this character, so they can they can chime in. But I I really want to talk Amazing Spider-Man seven
1: ninety
3: seven. Let's well, do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Yes. It.
0: Dappa and I have had um, issues with Mister Slot's recent performance on Amazing Spider-Man. The the whole worldwide story. Didn't didn't go down well with us. Successful Peter's not Peter Parker to us anyway, and um, I, I just don't like the way it, it played out. And, and thankfully, that's all in the past. But seven ninety seven, I think is is Mr. Slot back on track uh, towards you know he's he's nearing the finish line, so he's playing for for keeps this time and. It's, as it should, focusing on Norman Osborne. Yep. Who, as the issue opens, masterfully illustrated by Stuart Eminem, by the way, has someone captive. He has them in a, his gentleman's club, and it, it's in a state of disrepair. Uh, there's pumpkin, or there's, there's goblin paraphernalia all over the place, uh, spider webs, it's dark, it's, moldy and creepy and he keeps addressing this person and we don't know who the person is until the very end of the issue um, he's like you're going to help me get to the bottom of this I know the two of you are very close and I'm going to destroy Spider-Man and, and you're going to help me and through the entire issue he's going back and forth He he, he Norman Osborn is now infused with the carnage symbiote whereas he couldn't become the Goblin before. Why is that?
1: Uh, nanites. Uh, yeah. Spider-Man had him ingest nanites, which kept the Goblin Serum, I guess, at bay. When was this?
3: Yep. When did this happen?
1: Uh, oh, it's. It, did this also tie into the downfall of Parker Industries, or was it
6: before? It was before, it was before that. The Mayonites okay. was before that.
1: Okay. okay. Well I haven't I been
0: I haven't been reading it since the uh it's like the, that
1: first arc.
6: Yeah.
0: Well, right. But before that first arc, it was the Brain Trust. That was my last regular reading or the 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 Spidey uh Brain Trust it was my last regular reading of Amazing Spider Man. So oh, I, that's I, I
2: that's
4: really
0: no yeah, I mean, I would check in from so time you didn't
1: to read time. Any of the slot stuff with with with, with Spider Island or yes, Superior I read World. I read,
0: so I read Spider Island, I read Spider Verse, but it wasn't. I read Superior, so I guess right. yeah, okay. So it hasn't been that long, right? No. Uh And there's a back and forth with um, Norman and this person, and at one point Norman picks up a rat and gnaws its head off, like. He, he uses the symbiote, his, his teeth get all pointy and shit, and it's a done silhouette. But he rips the head off, much like Ozzy Osbourne with the bat. Norman, spelled differently. But, uh, he, he bites the head off the, uh, the rat. Uh, he kills Phil Uric, who, who mm-hmm. has delusions of grandeur and, 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 and oh, inv- yeah. invades his sanctum trying to get, you know, the, the, the best goblin stuff, but finds the goblin, the original OG goblin there, and Norman just takes him out. Phil doesn't expect him to put up much of a fight, and unfortunately for Phil, who is killed, Norman does, because he's got the symbiote. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll save the stinger till the end, but the, the, the main beef I have with this issue is the deceitful, narcissistic, gold-dinging slut Mary Jane. Oh, Jesus Christ! Is is Peter being Peter? Because Peter is prone to periods of stupidity. We love him, mm-hmm. but and he's he's a um, an alpha level intellect, especially in the Mar- in the Marvel universe. He's one of the <laughs> smartest characters in the Marvel universe. But Peter could be really dumb sometimes,
1: as most men can be. Yes,
0: yeah. and he's thinking with his dingle. And he lets Mary which Jane he does which he does a lot. He does. He does. He lets
1: Mary let's, Jane let's not just slut shame Mary Jane. Well I no eats Pete, Pete around. I mean around he's not Matt Murdoch, but yes, he does. He does right. get around.
0: But seriously, why would you want stark sloppy seconds? Why? But anyway. <laughs> um w- wasn't he just with Mockingbird? He was. Yes. But that was right. a relationship. Okay. MJ doesn't have relationships. She uses right. people. Right? So um I'm being hard on MJ, but I just don't like the character. So Peter lets her in, and they're sucking face, and it. she's like, hey, man, that kiss, you just turn back time. You're awesome. And she goes to take his shirt off, and she sees the spider symbol. And she gives him the old, I'm sorry. I just can't. I can't. This is not going to work. You're always going to be going out saving people and I want you to save people, but I don't want to be worrying that you're dying in a ditch or, you know, Doc Ock is ripping you apart or I just can't have this anymore. It was nice to think it was going to happen, but it can't happen. And Peter's like, all right, I guess I'm going to go. And this is the thing that infuriated me about this issue. He
1: puts wait, on. Wait, wait. He,
6: this is what made you mad. Wait, what, what because, to say right now. No, he
1: needs he needs to set it up because last night Vince says slot screwed something up royally, and I sent Vince an image. Mm-hmm. So we were exactly and it, right, literally on the same page. It was ex- it was the
0: exact passage that caused my testicles to. Suck up into my body. Yep. Peter, Peter puts the mask on and he, he fly, he swings out of, of Mary Jane's apartment window and he says, So how's your day going, web spinner? Oh, you know, world's wo- most beautiful woman, the girl I've always cared about the most <clears throat> kissed me and told me to jump out of a window. It's like slot forgot the character he had written for the past couple, what? How many issues of Spider-Man has, has slot written? Oh, at, I, least 100, at least a hundred. At least a hundred. Probably more. He wasn't even paying attention to himself. No. Oh, never mind what came before. Mary Jane is not the most... The, nope. the girl that Peter cared most about.
1: It's Gwen. Yep. Yeah. yeah. The, and the whole Cold conspiracy thing. It's like, dude, how did you... I, oh, I Right. Could, um, but
0: oh. let's not talk about that. But, <laughs> <No>. I mean... <laughs> The, the 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 death of Gwen is the second most crucial moment in spider man
1: history. The first and being the death of Uncle Ben, right because of how it how Norman comes to the realization you would think that slot would have maybe telegraphed that earlier in the issue right here when Peter's thinking this
0: right. he could have used this as a
1: yes yeah. a, to
0: to say, you know what first, I saw my best girl die. Now, my ex-wife, or he wouldn't remember that, right?
1: No, no, they're not ex-wives. No. They, they just they never they never made it to the chapel, right? So my ex,
0: my 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 ex-fiance, ex-significant yes. other, or ex-fiance, you know, he could have used it as a fulcrum in which to launch the stinger that is the last page. Right. So we, I alluded to it. The this person that Jonah has. Oh, Jesus, I just blew it. <laughs> that is typical me. Oh. So the the person that, that, uh, Norman has in the chair. Which
6: is J. Jonah Jameson. Is J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and he's grilling him. He's like, you know something. I know you do. You, you are, you're tight with this person. And, and mm. Jonah says, hasn't he been through enough? Haven't you tortured him enough? Blah, blah, blah. You, 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 you saw his, his girlfriend killed you, you. You were instrumental in, in, in having his girlfriend killed, and, he, and Norman's like, "Wait a minute, his,
4: his girl, his girl." Oh. His girl, oh,
6: and I'm then crazy. it, and
0: then the light bulb goes off, and there's a half page of Norman saying, "Peter Parker is Spider Man, dun dun dun," and then we get Jonah tied to a chair, and Jonah says, or Stacy Keach says, "What, <laughs> what have I done?" Like that. This is a great issue, and the the, is. the single really page notwithstanding.
6: But I mean, did you love it? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, Eminem, Eminem is amazing. He is. I mean, he's so his, good. His art in this, and I mean, he makes he makes Norman's face just look. I mean, beautiful. It looks. Mm-hmm. It looks so good. That, that just that opening page with him, you know, staring, you know, point of view at the person that we don't know is in the chair. Um, you know, there's just multiple facial expressions that are just, yeah. you know, but the he's, pa- he's really a master.
0: The panel, or I should say, the page, when Phil fires up the Goblin Sword and he's like, "I am oh, the yeah. Goblin King," and he's mm-hmm. flying through that page is great. Yeah.
1: Yep, really good. But that, that, that evokes that that Umberto feel that we last saw. With, well, that I last saw with the Goblin King, um, and and imminent and, and Von Gor Badger, the way they even over the years, people never really were able to get Norman's hair yeah. right. Whether it was cornrows or just it, it 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 riveted into his head. But it just it it works here. I mean and is and, and something silly, but it's just one of those things where it it's it just hammers the point home that that Eminem is such a master. Yeah, and he
0: is. He really is. I, I do think Norman is a little young under Eminem.
1: I'm, be, well, I'm saying because of the symbiote, because he also, okay. he, he was, yeah, he was he all screwed up two, two, two issues ago, or even the previous issue where he, he just, he he looked all gilly and scaly and he was a wreck. Uh, so yeah, he but used Eddie Brock and... To,
0: and uh, Cassidy, uh, what was his name? Carnage, Cletus, Cletus, Cassidy. He didn't. They didn't. On age, I mean, they were yes, they were young. No,
1: but 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 because of the because of the nanites and preventing Norman.
6: Norman was scaly. He 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 looked reptilian.
1: And
0: okay,
6: he used the. uh, he, he actually he to, actually to, tells the symbiote to do yeah. that to his face, so maybe yeah. Cletus and everybody else never just like did that. But they were but probably like, wait smart a minute, enough. you're in every you're in every cell in my body. You can you can fix the way I look. Okay. okay,
4: okay.
2: Well, didn't he have something to do with Doctor Strange? That was the last time I saw him. I think that was that legacy. It
6: was well, it where was he
2: was trying to break into the Sanctum Sanctorium, and yeah, right.
6: that's when he was trying to get the Goblin power back. Yeah, by using uh, mysticism and stuff. That's Is
2: a that cool idea. That was that was a
1: smallwood issue.
6: That was. I'm sorry, Daniel,
2: is that what made him all scaly and shit maybe he was recuperating from that
6: I feel like he i feel like the the face it was self inflicted I'm pretty sure he 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 carved himself up to make him look more goblin like oh wow um if I remember correctly what I don't remember is why doesn't he know who peter that Peter is spider man nobody does
1: because of the because more day. of one more day which, when dr strange still yes and that, <laughs> but that's why and but that's why during spider island when when it it worked in the sense that since everybody had spider powers nobody really stood out but doc strange told him if if anything if anybody remembers if anything reminds anybody that you unmasked, if they re- ever remember that Peter Parker and Spider-Man are the same person, I can't put that genie back in the bottle. I've, I've, I've made everybody vaguely aware that Spider-Man is somebody and, and, and they all know he unmasked. But they just don't remember what he looks like or who he is. But all it takes is one thing to trigger that and the person's going to remember the same thing happened with, with Fantastic Four when he came out to, Johnny and and Sue and Reed, everybody's like, of oh, of course, yeah, that that's that makes sense. And so, I just I don't know when Jonah found out that Peter and Spider Man were the same person.
2: That was some issue, not that like Peter Parker, wasn't it? Where they had some bro down. Uh, it was recent. Yeah, it was yeah. A recent. Uh, what is his name? Zdorsky Chip. I think yeah. it was
0: issue six. Yeah, yeah. Take your word for it. But th- th- there, there's <laughs> another little tiny thing that irked me a little in this issue was Liz Allen.
1: Yes. And and she just seems to do a 180. Like she's a total from the previous issue, not even like since slot started, but I mean from the previous issue where she asked Flash to take care of security for yep. for this little presentation. And now in this one page she is just like in total bitch mode.
6: Yeah. Yeah. What do you th- I mean Okay, so this is this is slots, you know, last story, right? Mm-hmm. We're on page we're, we're on, we're in issue 797, which means we only have three more issues of of his run.
1: Granted the the last one's going to be like the size of what three,
6: four issues. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so like what is he setting up with Liz? Is you know what I mean like I feel like he's setting something up with her, right? But what is or do you think it's this is something like editorial that maybe is going to go off into the you know, agent anti-venom series or something.
0: Well, I'm, I'm guessing something very dire is going to happen to Norman. Who better than to carry on? I mean, it's a nice twist. Who better than to carry on your legacy, not your son, but your son's ex-wife. What if we get a female goblin out of this? Well, we kind of did that though. but, But, um, But this is even closer to home though right like there's some there could be something working on Liz where well, I mean we we may not be seeing it in this issue this this may be slot deliberately contradicting the previous issue where she's taking great pride in the fact that her high school boyfriend is now her lapdog her That's ex it. her ex-husband works for her
4: Right.
1: And is looking after the kids.
0: Right. So it's like a power trip where while grandpa
1: is
6: looking from behind the tree. Yes.
0: (laughs) That's classic Norman methodology. Like she's she's riding a high. She just needs to scratch her chin and go, Well ha ha you know, like she's not she's not evil, but you could tell she derives great enjoyment from having all these people at her beck and call. Not evil, no. But something may be introduced into the storyline that could turn her evil. Why would they be spending so much time on Liz Allen of all people?
6: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what I didn't understand. And in, in the amount of time that I feel like he has to do it with,
0: right. And granted, the last issue is a hundred pages, so I mean, he still has a nice amount of of. Um, space to cover, but anything can happen.
6: And, you know, she's, you know, she's got uh, Molten Man there with her. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm
0: -hmm. Bottom line, it feels very good to be reading Amazing Spider-Man again. That's all. Yeah, I'm actually enjoying it. I mean,
6: I had fallen out of love with it, too, like you guys had at the same time, and I was still, like, you know, chugging along with it, but I mean, it's it's really has. um, I wasn't as enamored with the Venom uh, storyline as you were, Vince. But oh yes, God no. Um, I did. I have like I did like the the last storyline, the whatever it was called, something Code Red or yeah, it was fun. Oh, threat threat level red, threat level red, and then this is this this is you know. I mean, it's go, go down swinging. It's come out swinging. You know what I mean? It's It's been a really good start. And I like that it's called go down swinging because that's kind of like, you know, I feel like slot is like, oh, you know, I know people haven't been feeling my Spider-Man for a while. But I'm going to go down swinging on this last storyline. Oh,
0: respect. Yeah. I mean, he. if you look at the entire width of his Spider-Man output, he's on the mark more often than not. I mean, it, it's a great run. It's akin to Peter David's run on Incredible Hulk, I think. Yeah. yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. So, so, I mean, they almost look like the same person at this point, but th- <laughs> it, 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 sorry. <laughs> it is, it, it is a very good, it, one of the best takes on Spider-Man. So yeah, you gotta parse the bad stuff too. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. I forgot. I forgot where I was going with it. Mm. How does that even happen? Oh, I know where I was going, but so unlike you, you you kept buying the single issues. Where when I right when I stopped reading Amazing, I didn't buy the single issues. And you would think that I'm 52. That someone who has been in the comic arena as long as I would realize that if there's one book you don't drop, it's Amazing Spider-Man because the back issues are ridiculous. Yep. When when David and I were looking for Amazing 700 at uh, – what was it? What was it? New York Comic Con? Like I got it for a deal and I think I still paid 10 bucks for it. Which one's 700? The one with uh, Doc Ock on the front in the classic McFarlane uh, Amazing Spider-Man 300 pose
6: is that it the was, start of uh superior superior yeah yeah yes, when yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was okay. revealed that, uh, yeah all right
0: but i mean even even recent back issues of amazing go for like far more not far more but that at least double cover and that's kind of not i don't want to pay that so i'm making <laughs> a pact with myself even if it gets so horrible i can i can't even crack the cover i'm not going to drop amazing anymore <laughs> There you go. That's
6: all. <laughs> well the reason the reason I continue buying it and reading it is because um I am the I am one of those people that has never dropped amazing. Um respect. Kudos to you. For forever. Like my that's that's my longest run and that's my uh back issue longest run back you know solid. When back. does it
2: start, Mario?
6: When does my run start? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well the, 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 the unbroken the unbroken run? Or when did, I mean, I have a I have a complete run back to 50.
2: But also, like, what issue did you really say, like, this is my book?
6: Oh, uh, um, I don't know. I was probably seven.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, <clears throat> somewhere in, like, the 270s for me. And then, yeah. I mean, obviously, I stopped a lot a long time ago. <clears throat> but that's where it really got me.
6: Yeah, I was reading I was reading Spectacular first, because that's the one that my mom subscribed in the oh, mail for me. That's awesome. Um but then I picked up Amazing not long after that.
1: Yeah. I had a subscription to Amazing. It started in the Ramita Jr. Mooney uh so like two two twenty like the introduction of Hydraman
3: mm-hmm.
1: So 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 two teens, two twenties, and then I I loved it all through the, the Ramita Jr. stuff. Because uh, that's and which is the, the john reader jr I was expecting to show up in x men and, and never did but it it's it was so from that and then when uh, the end of the hobgoblin more or less yeah, and then friends yeah. came on with the uh, with two fifty two and and so and, and that's when I was buying all three with web of and and peter parker and it was yeah I, th- there was a real sweet spot in the eighties for me with with Spidey and even you know, I, I I didn't really stick around with the McFarlane stuff, but it was um it, I came back with Larson and then with Bagley and then Round Robin Revenge and, and there was some, <laughs> some there were some there was some really neat moments here and there and cardiac and, and the death of Aunt May and but there were it, it nothing could ever make it feel like it did for me in, in those those early to 270-ish issues of of Spidey. Yeah.
6: I won't tell you my sweet spot. Your sweet spot (laughs) is 125.
0: (laughs) No, you're you're actually right. My sweet sweet spot is 110 to 150. I don't think Amazing's ever going to get better than that. And that's Jerry Conway. Yep. Zach, do you have a, an amazing? Do yes. you have an amazing Spider-Man sweet spot?
1: Well, well the first what, thirty-two? Yeah, really? <laughs> what do you think?
5: Do <laughs> well, I got to answer that? Yeah,
3: that's yeah. why I asked first, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: The first thirty-seven, right? And then yeah. uh, mm-hmm. the yep. Yeah, I mean that's that's my Spider-Man. Everything after that's a totally different guy.
6: That's just yeah.
3: It's,
5: yes, it's, it's, it's all it's an imaginary <laughs> what if.
6: It's a romance it's not, comic. It's a, a hoax. It's a,
5: yeah. it's a what if. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Is <laughs> There's nothing okay.
1: wrong with you guys liking that Spider-Man?
5: <laughs> yeah, you, you like what you like. You do. You, you guys man. are so cute. But, <laughs> but no, I mean, th- those that first that initial run in Spider-Man, that's my guy. That's that's the that's the take on the character that I think is the most interesting. At least and he likes
1: he likes ugly, nebbish Peter Parker. Uh, yeah,
5: but you know, the thing about that is that's not all. That's not true through the whole run, though, right? I mean, he's ugly. He's he's this nebbish, nerdy, you know, Bookworm toothpick guy in the beginning. Yeah, but right. by the but by the by the end of that run, he's a very different looking character. He's much more handsome. He's much more confident and self assured. I mean, there's a real there's an arc there, you the know, where he game. changes over those over that three or four year period. Um, right, and right. I don't think you were seeing that in any other books at the time, like that sort of long form development, right, of a character. I mean. And that's I mean, that's Ditko doing that. that what uh, doing? Yeah. And and there's just something really for as much as I've enjoyed Spider Man in places, you know, after that, I mean, there's something really powerful to me about that think thinking through a superhero or thinking about a superhero in those sort of more for lack of a better term, literary terms, right? There's a real Bill Roman there that I don't think is happening with other folks at the at the same time. From the same from the same company. So but yeah, th- th- that's that's my that's the sweet spot for
0: me. So y- you can say that at the end of Disco- Ditko's run is a complete, self-contained storyline needing nothing else.
5: I mean, yeah. I okay. mean, it, it no, doesn't it doesn't, end, it doesn't end cleanly, right? Because Stan stops talking to him, so he says, "Fuck it, I'm not going to work here anymore." Then. And turns in the last, turns in the last pages and, and says, I'm out. Right. So he never continues on or there's no like clean ending to it. But, um but I think that that's a, I think that's a complete arc, right? He takes him from, from Nebish, you know, who is worried about being, you know, being accepted by his peers to someone who doesn't care whether or not he is, is accepted by his peers, right? He's a different person by the end of that. So he becomes and then,
0: Ditko at the end.
5: Yeah, no, I I think that's, I, I mean, yes, in certain ways, I think that that's true, right? I think he's working through a lot of stuff there. I think the same is true of Doctor Strange in the same time period, right? I mean, he's working through a lot of, like, stuff. Like, how do I, like, deal with, like, my own psyche and, like, the things I'm trying to figure out about myself? How do I create myself, right? are always sort of digging inward. Um, And, uh, you know, if, for as much as I love Kirby and I love... You know, so many other stories that are coming out that same time period. There's nothing quite like that, you know. So something special about it.
0: There sure is. Yeah. All right. Enough about Spider Man. Let Let's give it to you guys. We We haven't heard uh, a whole ton from from Daniel. Daniel, what are you reading?
2: Uh, I read a couple things for tonight, and the one thing that is really sticking with me since I read it was the funniest thing I read. Uh, I went through the old little indie piles in my bookcase and pulled these out. This is by a guy named Pat Dorian. D-O-R-I-A-N. I first met him at Mocha Fest in New York City about maybe three years ago and just walked up to his booth, saw the art from the table, loved the way it looked, and picked up one comic... And then I think it was a year or two later, same situation. Walked up to his table and said, hey, man, your work is really great. Picked up another comic. But I never read it. <laughs> so I pulled these out of the pile tonight. And this is brilliant. It's really funny. Um, Face Skull is this ghost character guy that is the embodiment of this a Mar- uh, guy named Mark Cobb. Matt Cobb. And he's a designer. He's a graphic designer. And they're all, for the most part, one-page stories, gags. They're just straight-up jokes. And the very first panel is always the same for the most part. Mark Cobb, he's a designer. He goes to a trance while the face skull leaves his body. And you see this this, this blobby-looking ghost guy. And Pat draws in a very, uh, very old kind of way, very Disney, thick lines, simple. Uh, it's really beautiful artwork. And every, like I said, every page is a quick gag, and they're pretty funny. Uh, I don't want to. I'm not good at like you know saying the gag out loud is never as funny as or as enjoyable as reading one. But so uh, true.
0: That's very true. Yeah, yep. it's,
2: like, it's like an impossible thing to like replicate with you know.
0: It's kind of like Jason with Next Wave, right? <laughs> <laughs> never as funny as what's on the printed page. <laughs>
2: That
0: book sounds like a hoot. It sounds like a comedy gag. It's definitely a hoot. Yeah, oh, no, it's something. But no, I I love gag comics. Like if yeah, the done and one ones are you know. I think it's a dying art form. It's very hard to do. It's much like yep the short story. Yep. A lot of guys can like Jeff Johns can do these sprawling epics in in you know tens and and hundreds of issues. But to write yep. uh, an impactful story in 22 pages that's rough mm. you, you you really yeah. difficult yeah I'm, I'm it is you guys agree yes mario absolutely. what are you thinking
6: yeah okay yeah absolutely yeah
0: and i think one of the young unsung masters of that and we talked about it not too long ago is kurt busick Mm. With with Astro like the City, one, one yeah, comic for comic. sure,
6: yeah, yep, oh yeah,
0: and just to bring it back to what we were talking about at the top of the hour, Kurt Busick's Untold Tales of Spider Man is one of the most perfect Spider Man comics ever, mm. and it, and it doesn't get a lot of uh, you know uh, what do you call it uh, banter mouth you know uh,
2: yeah. the issue with the Rhino was a great one
6: yeah. They it was were, the only. It was the only good Spider-Man comic at that time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree really with much. you. Yeah, <laughs> and it was ninety-nine cents. It was
0: really. I don't
2: yep. remember
6: that. But. Yeah, that was that was. That's how they part of the way they sold it because I think everything else was probably like a buck fifty at the time, and it, they were like ninety-nine cents for this comic. Big. That's it
0: awesome. was in big. You know, a big blurb on the front cover, ninety-nine cents, and then they tried it with the X-Men. I don't remember the name of it. Uh, but there was a 90 hidden year, years.
1: Hid, maybe. The Hidden Years, right? Hidden it, Years is burn, though, right? Or, uh, yeah. No, well, the Chapter 1 from Spider-Man is burn. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think Hidden Years is burn Yeah, burned hidden, years
2: well. was, his, hidden, hidden Years was burn, yep.
1: Listen, there, I know Burn because I avoid it like you love egg. him so. <laughs> far. You you love blasting the Eagles and reading some Burn shit. I know yes, it. Yes. He
4: takes
0: it to the limit. He surely does. Yes. Uh, but I don't remember the name of the X book. But there was a corresponding X book for ninety nine cents. But it was horrible. Dab, up Dab's looking at somebody's looking it up. Oh, no, not see man, you always. It's always me when you hear
1: someone oh, fucking. Man no no
5: <laughs> that was me I was trying to figure out I was trying to remember if that was the series where there was that really great Sam Keith drawn uh, Sandman issue but that was later
0: mm-hmm. much later well, it'll come to us yeah so I'm sorry Daniel continue
2: oh yeah, um, yeah it, it's really funny because he'll do things where uh, some of the strips they concentrate on the, on the face skull ghost guy but then at other times when the face go leaves Matt Cobb and he's left in a trance, the comic will focus on what he's doing, which is just him in a trance. So, you know, like he's having sex with a girl, with his girlfriend, and she's like, what's, the, what's going on? Like, why aren't you fucking, you know? And he, he, he just doesn't answer because he's in this trance. It's really funny. Or he's getting fired <laughs> from his job and he's just sitting there with, with like, he's not looking, you know? Uh, now, and the when shit the face skull, go ahead.
0: When the face skull comes, is it like a manifestation of like something out of his body?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell that because you get the feeling because the very first panel is the ghost leaving, and then always the last panel is another coworker like waking him up, and he just <laughs> t- tells him to, like "piss off" or something. You know, they say <laughs> something stupid to him, and uh, so you get this feeling that the real guy is a bit of a prick. And then, yeah, the face go all the shit that he does. He just, he's out for vengeance and he goes and finds situations where, uh, somebody just needs help. And and so he takes, uh, how do I explain this? Like if, if, if he's, if it's, if he finds a guy like throwing peanuts at somebody, right. He'll take the guy and turn him into a peanut and like throw him across the world or something (laughs) like that. Like a real simple little thing. It's just like a little, little joke, you know, Mm.
0: I got to uh, get in on this.
2: It's it's amazing. It's really funny. I was laughing out loud at a couple of these things that are just. Uh, it's kooky. It's it's kind of like a Johnny Ryan kind of joke sense of humor. Oh, a little. Oh, that yeah, you
0: sold them. Little mean spirited. Yeah, mm. That
2: kind of humor, but it's done with this like really beautiful like uh, like a Disney sort of line on these characters. They're very like 60s looking or 50s looking. It's Check really it. really neat.
0: I got to scope this.
2: I'll, I'll send you some images, and I, I contacted them to see like where to get more because I can't find how to do that. But uh, it's it's it cracked me up while I was sitting here reading, so I loved it.
0: Doesn't that frost you when you when you have a book by a, an artist or, or a writer that you, yeah. you know you want to read more, you want to see more of their yeah. stuff, and there's no contact information at all inside well, the
2: book? S- some of this little stuff you get, you know, like they're handmade, and sometimes they're three years old that you finally get to read it, you know, because you're like me. And then the websites shut down mm-hmm. or whatever, right. whatever, you know what I mean? Yep. So I, I, we follow each other on Instagram, so I, I contacted him that way. But when I went to his website, there wasn't a buy option, which is a disappointment because I was gung-ho after reading these two issues to just go buy as, as much more as I possibly could because I was laughing out loud. I loved it.
0: I'm into it. You sold me. The face
6: skull. The face skull. Cool. <laughs> I'm picturing Fantoma or whatever her name is. Fantoma, yes.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, somebody else step up. Come on. I'll go.
5: Bye. I'll do this. You do it. Uh, so uh, the last week, the last episode was a real roller coaster for me, like a real just fucking just up and down, right? Because I and firmly in the Jason camp, right? Uh, I loved Next Wave when it was coming out, and that's the, my only recollection of it, is when it was coming out. Uh, I, uh, I didn't go back and reread it. But so so it was real roller coastery. and then we get to the end, when you guys are doing the In Your Travels, and then David mentioned something that I had been reading, um, and I messaged him about before we came on, um, that I really wanted to talk about, uh, which is Punisher the Platoon, um, mm-hmm. because it was so goddamn good it was really wonderful and um for i know david talked about this a little bit but essentially what it is is it's a prequel to um born so it's where born is frank's last sort of um as the end last of tour. frank's last tour, yeah, yeah in vietnam uh this is frank's first tour and it's uh and it happens right during the uh, during the Tet Offensive, right? That's when he's first there. And it's a really interesting, really interesting book for a lot of reasons. Um, so, first of all, the, at the beginning of the story, uh, there are four uh, grizzled old, you know, vets, and they're sitting at a bar, and they're meeting with this author that we haven't seen, that David talked about, right? The author's name is important, though, because his name is Michael Goodwin. And, which is obviously a reference to Archie Goodwin, right? Like the second most important war comics writer. Um, so it's, it's got to be a reference to Archie Goodwin. There's no way that you write a war comic. Name a character Goodwin <laughs> and it's not a reference to Archie Goodwin. Um, Who would you say so, is the
0: first, the most important?
5: Kurtzman, right? Because Kurtzman writes all those sort of, you know, very realistic... Grizzly war stories that are that are effectively anti-war comics right Right. that are coming out during you know you know during the uh, during and after the korean conflict so uh and then goodwin it's basically doing the same thing for jim warren right i mean i I think blazing combat is the most important book that warren published
0: oh no doubt no doubt uh, i mean that's
5: that's the one that that's the one that the military went after right and like censored or, or or you know banned from px's and you know warren lost so much money on it that he couldn't publish it anymore um so so anyway, so I so I, I think it's Kurtzman, Goodwin, and Kubert are like the three most important guys there. But anyway, um, we could talk about Blazing Combat forever. I love Blazing Combat. But anyway, so these uh, these four vets are sitting around and they're explaining their story to Michael Goodwin, uh, this author who wrote uh, the book of, of Valley Forge, which Dave reminded me was the you know the final arc of um, the final arc of Ennis's Max Run, but. Goodwin is also the same name as the same last name as the narrator from Punisher born who is Stevie Goodwin. So, so it's not clear at least and if it is clear, I don't remember the link um, who Michael Goodwin is. Cause we never see his face, but he has the same last name as the guy that is our sort of the stand in for the reader, right? Uh, throughout, uh, the born story arc. So, so that's so I think that's fun and interesting because I it, hopefully it will pay off later somehow. But, um, oh, go ahead.
2: Just a quick question: What's yeah. Microchip's real name? I have no idea. what
6: microchips Oh, I
2: name. do know what it is.
6: Shit! Because that, um, that um,
1: series take place. It's in the, the same city. one in the place. show. Yeah, David, right?
2: right?
6: right. 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 Um, David, David. Oh, okay. Shit. Yeah. But David but Lyons. in. David yes. Linus Lieberman. David. David Linus Lieberman. David right? Lieberman. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes, yeah. David
2: Lieberman.
5: Yeah, gotcha. Um. So yeah, I mean, it could be him, but it seems more likely that there's some sort of link to to born, right? Like that. Ennis is you know thinking through like this whole sort of thing. Um. So it. So essentially, what it is is just it's six issues. It just explaining Frank's first tour of duty and his first. Uh, his first platoon, right—the the first guys that that he's ever with—and it, it makes a special point throughout this to talk about. Um, and there are some really great artistic moments that David mentioned last week. But it, one of the other things that is happening here is like this is set up as like a, as a major contrast between this. There's a major contrast between this is inborn, where throughout this story, the point, one of the major points is, is that Frank protects everyone. He saves everyone's lives, right? No one dies on his watch. Um, whereas by the end of born, almost everyone's dead. Everyone's gone or mutilated or burned, you know, you know, it's burned up or whatever the case may be. Right. And it's, it's in that moment that the punisher is really, you know, ha born. born. Um, so in this early, in, in this earlier adventure, I guess, um, The point is that that sort of demon hasn't taken hold of Frank yet. And you get some glimpses of how it might and that it might. And Frank is sort of toying with the notion of, you know, trying to understand this thing that's inside of him. Um, And he knows it's there, but he fights against it. And um, by the time you get to the end of it, it was that great splash page that David talked about where the guy, you know, where it's just Frank waving, you know, no one's looking... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, uh, no, no one's looking, and it's just him on his own. And the fact that he has a heart, or that he cares, or that there is something vaguely human about him, is really only known to himself, right? Um, and th- I there's just some, there was something really beautiful about that, and I thought. Um, and I don't want to step on you know David's oh, explanation of it from from last episode, but uh, but that that was a moment that really grabbed me too. It was you know full of the feels, all of the feels. Um. So, so I loved it, and I thought it was as good a Punisher story as I've read in a long time. And it was something I kind of needed for, to make me read, you know, this type of book again. I needed uh, Ennis to be back on this, and uh, um, and I guess to the the last thing I wanted to throw out there on it before I hear because I definitely want to hear more what David had to say about this or thought about this, but the the thing that I loved so much about Garth Ennis doing war comics, whether it's Punisher or battlefields or, you know, whatever else he's working on. The thing that I love so much about him is he understands this genre and like a really, at a really deep level. Right. At, and at a level that I think sort of puts him up there with the Kuberts and the Goodwins and the Kurtzman's in, you know, in writing the war and and, and, yeah. And Bob Kaniger, um, writing war comics, uh, he, he gets it, right? And there's a certain realism to it that again reminds me of Blazing Combat and the, in Two Fisted Tales, uh, where it's not, it's not glamorizing what these guys did or why they were there, right? It, it, it's, it works very hard to present an unfiltered view to say that, and say that this is ugly and this is awful. And there are some people that, get addicted to it and they need it and there are other and there are and there are victims everywhere no yep. one is untouched by this yeah yep. um i've read an interview not-
0: somewhere oh i'm sorry
5: no no that, that's it
0: i've read an interview somewhere with kurtzman where he said the title two-fisted tales was mm-hmm. not bravado was not a he-man yeah. you know double punch to the face the two fists in the title were not attacking someone else they were railing at the heavens for allowing this stuff to happen
5: yeah Mm. yeah and that that's how that's how i read Goodwin's stories i mean that's why the military you know banned blazing combat right uh and that's that's how i read ennis's war stories too i don't read them as celebratory no Um, not no 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 yeah you can't I, I, I i think he's just trying to present things as He's trying to create as as much of a sense of like verisimilitude as he can, right? like let's make this as realistic as let me make this as realistic as I can without you know w- with with without glamorizing this right? anybody let's talk, who yeah.
1: would anybody who would read a Garth war comic and look at it read it in a positive light is someone who scares me very much,
6: yes, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Very I mean pretty. the best the best war stories are ones that are are you know incredibly anti-war. Those are you know anti-war and military. Those are the best war stories cuz you know those are the smartest war stories.
0: But people can't see past the surface. They're like, "Oh, Framing Private Ryan, war movie." It's not a war movie.
6: Right. You right. know, it's it's the It's trium- like those people It's like those people that watch um like full metal jacket and really like yeah get off on like the the, ext- the extremity of it you know what I mean and the, and all that and I'm like you're watching you're watching this the wrong way yeah seriously yeah. yeah
5: they think the leading line is funny yeah
3: right yes
6: right yes yeah. they, they they support the uh, the the beating of uh, Private Pile yeah. well how many times has the I love the smell of napalm in the morning how many times no. has okay.
0: that line be, been uttered by people who aren't seeing past the surface. Right. You know, it's, it's a terrible, horrible thing to say. And that's exactly what was, was being stated, but they only see it as, you know, promoting their mindset where it's actually condemning their, it's, it's, it's hard. Interpretation is, it can go many ways. You know, you can never guarantee how, how the person on the other end is going to perceive it. And, That's, you know, you you can only present and and hope it's it's uh, digested in the way you intended.
5: Yeah. And I I think that that's I think that that's the the really the great thing about the way Ennis handles this. Right. Along with a lot of the other guys that we've been talking about is that he I, I, I feel like and I'm sure that we would all agree that the messaging is pretty clear. But he works. He also works really hard to point out that the people doing these things, except maybe Frank, are human. Right. And they're complicated and they did disgusting things in this moment or or they were put in circumstances that uh, permitted them or forced them, you know, for traumatic reasons or, you know, for any number of causes, like put them in this situation. And whether or not we agree with what they're doing or why why they're there, there's there's still something human about them. Right. Which complicates all of this and makes it even scarier. Right. Because it's not just good guys, bad guys. This is a humanity problem Um, that at any moment, you know, part of the part of the discussion, I think, is that any moment, like someone gets drafted off the street. Right. In in the late 1960s and is sent to Vietnam, an ordinary regular dude who would never in his wildest dreams think of, you know, burning a village. Right. But now he's in this place where that's the norm and that's what that's what's expected of him and that's what's rewarded or any, you know, whatever the case may be. And now that regular person has to deal with that. And how do we sort of deal with that regu- otherwise regular person after they've done this horrible thing? Right. Like how do we like think about those people? Um, and I don't know what the answer is to that. Right. And I don't think Dennis is trying to give an answer, but I think he's saying like this isn't just, this isn't a black or white issue. This is a, this is a human problem, right? That we do these things constantly. Uh, and, uh, and, and again, like, that's just one of the things that made me love this miniseries so much, right? It, is that it, it, it gets to the heart of that very thing. Um, especially in a time when, you know, the Punisher's on TV and, you know, we have to, you know, there are people that, you know, still want Frank to be the Chuck Dixon Punisher, right, that just kills that, that kills, you know minority drug dealers because he can um, and uh, and Ennis' version is not that, right, it's something else so so I thought it was fantastic and I really loved it and I was so glad to see um, I was so glad to see Ennis and Gordon Parlov back together on this, oh, so man. hopefully we'll get more they, Parlov they, they, they,
2: is brilliant
5: Oh yeah, I think so too I, I yeah. think he's, and after after David and I were talking, I went back and I grabbed Bourne to check through it to make sure I wasn't crazy about remembering the Goodwin thing. Um and that was drawn by Derek Robertson. Yes. Um and for as much as I liked Derek Robertson on the boys and um other things that I you know that he's worked with NS on, Born Parlov is just head and shoulders above um, Robertson I think uh in terms i mean I realize that this is there's like a you know ten or twelve year gap here um but Par- parlov's sort of look at the Punisher and the look at you know Vietnam and these characters is so much more compelling to me and so much more interesting, partly i think because it's less photorealistic
1: right um, than, cartooning
2: than is is amazing yeah
1: yeah it it with 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 parlov you you feel like you are there because of what Parlov kind of doesn't show on the on the page. Robertson love Robertson like you, Zach. But there are some things where I, you know, it, it's not important to see every leaf in the jungle. And 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 Robertson is extremely talented, but Parlov's Vietnam is going to give you a different, uh, definitely a different feel. And what's interesting is that, um, not necessarily interesting, is that. Robertson drew Born, mm-hmm. Parlov drew the platoon, but in uh, as far as the two Fury books that Garth wrote, Robertson drew the first one, and then Parlov drew the uh, My War Gone By. So it's I, it's it's neat in my mind to see Parlov follow Robertson on certain things, um, yeah. like that Larson McFarlane thing. But it, it's a um, there's there's definitely a not that and born had I think and because of Robertson I think I think when there's some moments like for people who might find Full Metal Jacket funny there are some moments in Bourne because of the way Robertson draws them that you might smirk when you read it but if Parlov were drawing it it would definitely feel a little heavier and and. Yeah. And maybe in more of a somber tone. I think I, agree. I
0: think Derek's much more of a humor. Yes. Um yep. because if you look at his track record, there there's a ton of humor in TransMet and, yep. and, and the and, boys. In the boys. Whereas yep. now when I see it, it's it's much like the my problem and, and the problem is just mine. When I see John Severin's work, whether it be um, a western or a war story, or even his 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 stuff um, that he he inked Trimpy on on the mm. the Hulk. I'm expecting the humorous payoff because of yeah. all the years that he devoted to cracked magazine. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. I'm always expecting somewhere in the back of my mind the Severin gotcha. You know, and that's the same with Eric Robertson, because of all the of his work that I've digested that has been humorous. When I see him on a work that's not so funny, I'm still expecting, you know, the head in the toilet.
4: Yeah.
5: It, yeah. And, and to that end too, I mean, I'm not sure that the payoff that's last splash page at the end of the platoon would work in a more photorealistic or even a more humorous style, right? It needs to be something that's really sparse. Like what, like what, uh, um, Goran does. Uh, it, it has to, it has to have that sort of line weight to
1: it, I guess, or that, um, almost any other artist would try to make, you wouldn't see him. So it wouldn't be from the distance. It would be more, you know, I want to make sure you see the Punisher because some artists would probably be like, well, shit, I'm going to make a boatload of money when I sell this original page. And it's, it's there, but it it was a moment that called for Frank to be in a distance and, and just play it off the way it did. Yeah. And I'm
0: not going to, I'm not going to poop on Derek Robertson because he's very good at Uh, at what he does. But I will say subtlety and nuance is not Derek Robertson's strong suits. Right, where yeah. Gor- Goran Parlov is amazing at understatement. Yeah, yeah,
6: so yeah. I
5: don't, I, yeah, and I, yeah, I, did, I didn't, I didn't take that as a slight against him either. I mean, it's just there are just two different styles and voices that sure. work at you know in different circumstances, right? And I just think Parlov's is the, for the Punisher, for these types of stories that that Anis wants to tell. I think Parlov's is the more appropriate. <laughs> Yeah, appropriate voice for this, right? It, it, I think it helps hammer home in the same way that I think that uh, Kurtzman, even though he didn't draw a ton, but when he draws, right, he's got those, you know, he has that cartoony, you know, um, line, right? And it's not like Parlov's, but it's a it's a plainer, or and I, I don't I don't have the right words for it, right? But it's not it's not a photorealistic approach, right? But because it's not a photorealistic approach, it carries so much such a different and in lots of cases so much more weight.
3: Yeah. yeah. Right? Less is it more.
5: Forces you, yeah. It, it forces you to identify with those characters in, in ways that you wouldn't, if they're more photorealistic, if they look like someone, you can't, you can't be that person. Right. But if they look like anyone or vaguely, like only vaguely like someone, then it's easier to identify with that. You know, uh, it, it makes I, you, like, I think, think some of that
2: in the presentation of that kind of art, you tend to focus more on the faces. Yeah, and what you know the expressions that you're getting from the characters. Whereas somebody who's a little bit more bolder, you're looking at the whole thing, or you're looking at the figure expression. With a guy like Parler, if you're looking at the how where the mouth is turned and how much because it's telling you the reader what he's feeling or thinking, and that's a yeah. bit more nuanced and brilliant, beautiful. Yep,
5: I think so. yeah. I think that's right. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, Kurtzman took the Kirby approach, where he distilled yeah. he distilled the characters down to the 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 power. And not yeah. the, not the realism, but in yeah. Kurtzman's case, it's even, it's even more gestural than Kirby, where he would use these thick ass brush strokes to, yeah. to delineate the, the, the human form even more, um, distorted than Kirby. But in, in distorting it is when he captured the emotion of it. Like, I, I just remember the guy in, I, don't, I forget what issue it is, when, when the, the grunt, has seen all his friends die and he's in the trench and there's the, the, the three statues and he's just screaming, screaming at the viewer and that's like that. That's pure Kurtzman. Just, it's almost too powerful. Like yeah. I, I wouldn't expect Jack to have captured something like that where Jack was more bravado, but Kurtzman, he was a, he was a genius. He, he underst yeah. he understood what made these stories tick and what made it, the the detail is not important. The the emotion is what's important.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I
5: I I couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, and it's oh man, this is embarrassing because I I just lost his name. I should fucking know this. Oh my god, uh, Jack Davis, right? Jason's gonna kill me for for <clears throat>
0: losing. Yeah, bone. we're <laughs> gonna kill you. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs>
5: everyone should really kill me. Just point your daggers directly at my face. <laughs> um, but, you know, and, if, and I, I think you're right. And, you know, for as much as I, I guess what I was going to say is for as much as I love Jack Davis, I'm not sure that that message works if it's that same as if it's as powerful a moment if it's Jack Davis. Right. Because right. the image is rendered and going to yeah. be, I mean, and not and not just because it's a different artist, but because stylistically, like the approaches are so, you mm-hmm. know, um, separate and stripping the characters down makes it, I don't know, I just think it makes it more powerful. Mm-hmm. So
2: when you warp reality a little bit, you're having the viewer like focus on what's the most important things in a person's face or character. You know, yeah. you're really like highlighting that by making it a bit more cartoony or simplified.
4: Less yeah.
0: is less is far far more. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And it, yeah. It, it it takes a a very deft hand to get the emotion a- across and maybe one or two brushstrokes. Where not to slight him, but Liefeld could use a thousand lines to get the same, approximate the same emotion and he still wouldn't get it. Right. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just, it's just different approaches. Whereas Liefeld is more in the Kirby camp. He's all about the power and the super heroics, where Kurtzman was about the human condition. Not many guys yeah. can illustrate the human condition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't even think Jack Davis could. Jack Davis was a great humorist. Um, yeah. and, an amazing illustrator, but I, his, his war stories for me don't work as well as nearly as well as Kurtzman's.
4: Yeah.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they're, they're beautiful, you know, oh, and they're, true that. They're, they're, they're proficient as all get out, but yeah, they, they, there's some, there's something that's not quite there. Right. But anyway, so yeah, so Punisher the Platoon, it was so beautiful and so wonderful, and I was so excited to hear David talk about it, because I had a similar
1: reaction, so. I got you. woot. And And before we move past War Comics, I I feel bad that this gentleman's name was not mentioned at all, and it really didn't... I don't know if it was appropriate or not, but nobody mentioned Sam Gladsman and I want to just oh. to throw his name out there oh so. the sailor the story
0: shit he's amazing yep
5: oh. and new Kickstarter right
0: mm-hmm. so yeah I saw that
1: combat right
0: yeah, yeah with Simonson and um who else Walt Simonson's doing stuff and there's another uh, one. and
5: uh there's a Russ Heath cover too oh, oh, Jesus. oh. nice.
1: Yeah. I am back in that.
5: Yeah. You know, and and, and speaking of one other uh, – these types of folks, uh, Vince, you mentioned Bob Kaniger, Robert Kaniger. So uh, I received the – with my most recent Ditko Kickstarter, and I <laughs> subscribed to this end. I know you love ding, uh, But the ding, ding, <laughs> ding, right? Get the caters bell out. Um, but, uh, but anyway – I I also subscribe to Robin Snyder's uh, The Comics newsletter, and in the January issue, there is a series of essays by Mr. Kaniger. Uh, I haven't read them yet, Um, but uh, I'll see if I can scan these and send them to you, because they are interesting. One on Joe Kubert and Enemy Ace, uh, and uh, comics creators, collaborators, and Coitus. Ooh.
6: I, mean, I, like yeah. I like Coitus.
5: I like all of those things, right? Did say so get you together. did the coitus yeah. recently. If you're gonna have
0: a baby, that's coitus. Yeah. Yeah. Well at least <laughs> nine months ago.
6: <laughs> at least at least a while ago. <laughs> at least a little while ago. At least it
0: happened.
2: Yeah. <laughs> How many months ago, Zach?
6: Uh eight. <gasps> wow, it's coming soon. You're you due. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what he said eight months ago. That's yeah.
2: awesome. <laughs> that's,
5: you know, the, the the joke around the house is I used to be the pull-out king. Now I'm only the pull-out viceroy. So, um, but uh, but anyway, Robert Kaniger um, wrote a whole bunch of essays. I Like I said, I haven't had a chance to read them yet. But um, anyway, there you, are, there you have it.
0: Nice.
4: Yeah.
0: Well, I don't want to deviate too far from the war stories because I have one. And I know Mr. White has read it. Oh. Yep.
2: Oh, uh, I think so.
0: This is a, a little book published by Black Mask. Well, it's not little, that's for sure. It's uh, yeah. it's magazine-sized. It's, it's a done-in-one. All you got to do is buy the, the one copy, and you are set. It is written by Eric Zavadsky and Ryan K. Lindsay, illustrated masterfully. By uh, Mr. Zawadzki, color right by D. Cunniff. It is called Eternal, hmm. and uh, yes, it, it's it's a, a a showcase on what some individuals will do to protect their own. If you read this book and you are not moved. Then, um, you have somehow forfeited your soul along the, somewhere in your life. It, it is the story of a, uh, a Viking shield maiden, um, named Vif. And, um, problem with, uh, Vif is that all of the men in her tribe or group, whatever you want to call them, have Embarked on a quest. All the men are gone. So um, Vif is the daughter, I'm guessing, of the the leader.
2: I think so.
0: Yes, think be- so. because or
2: the wife. I thought it was the
0: wife. I, I, that's what I was thinking too. But then I, I, I she looks because a little young. But they married young yeah, but back isn't then.
2: Isn't that? Uh, is it giving it away? I thought that's her son in the beginning.
0: See, I thought it was her brother. It's not specifically um, stated, but okay. Um, okay. Viv is in charge of the the remainder, the group that had had stayed behind, bereft of their males. They're all women and children. And um, now, when when you are a group of women and children, and you control anything, there's always someone out there that wants to take that something away from you so viff and, and her people are beset by ne'er-do-wells and they fend them off at first they they, they win the first battle and they they win subsequent battles and and viff gets to uh she starts to to not enjoy but she gets very proficient at defending her people and and she feels like it's something that she has to do and and as as the battles the one battle's increased their their legend, their renown starts to spread. This this, this group of shield maidens who successfully fend off all these men, and um, there's a little man involved in this. His name is Grimir. and um, there's a sword and a stone. And and Vif says to to the little man, could be your brother, could be your son. We don't really know, but it's 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 someone. Attached to her, and he's young. That's that. I guess that's all you need to know. And and mm-hmm. she's she's like someday, little man, you're gonna have to pick up that sword and defend yourself. And and the the little guys, I, I don't want to do that. I I, I want to see the world and 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 I want to, you know, experience things. I don't want to kill people. And Viv says, well, you know, that's great. But the reality of the situation is, you will have to defend the things that you love you will have to pick that sword up and 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 cleave and kill and that's just the way this this big ball of crap works so there's an evil wizard enters the picture and um he takes great joy in in plaguing vif and and her people um to the point where she's just like, "Fuck it, this is this is it. We're we're going after him." And and I can't remember the the uh, oh, uh, his name's Biarte. B- yeah,
2: Biarte B- B- or something like yeah.
0: That. He he's an evil sorcerer, and um, so she brings it right to his door, and she's like, "Fuck this, you're going down." And she ends up killing him. So it's like, yes, she doesn't know any other way she she lives by the sword she she cleaves this this evil sorcerer she she cuts him down and in doing so she makes him more powerful than he was before uh so members of her group start seeing the ghost of this evil sorcerer here and there and everywhere and and they go back to her and they're like sweetie you know you didn't beat him we're seeing this guy you know he he's he he's Tainting our meat, he 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 scares their their livestock to the point where the meat tastes bad. He rains blood down on them. um he, Like I said, he becomes even more of a problem. So she's like, okay, I guess I got to take care of this. And she so she see, she sees the the sorcerer, and it's all foggy and, and indistinct. And she goes up to him and she stabs him right through the midsection, and the dude starts laughing. And and Vif retracts her sword, and there's blood on it. It's like, wait a minute, I, I just stabbed a ghost, mm-hmm. and there's blood on the sword. Biarte positioned himself in front of Grimir, her little man, where she couldn't she couldn't see him. So she kills her own brother slash son. We don't know which, and she, Vif loses it. She, she goes off the deep end and devotes her an entire existence to, to bringing this dude to justice. And I won't say how it happens, but it's, it's at, on one hand, it's, it's extremely heartbreaking. You, you, you travel with this character, you journey with her along a period of her life for however many pages. And, and on the other hand, it's extremely gratifying to see that. Some things can be conquered, no matter what the the case. And and I don't want to put it. I don't want to embellish it even more than that because I don't want to spoil it for you. But it, it was an amazing experience. I mean, Zvodsky, he he's just he's getting disgustingly good. We we read the dregs. He was great there. He's even better here. The battle scenes are just furious they're they're disturbingly good right uh, um daniel
2: it's, it's incredibly well drawn incredibly Yep. And, and even just this kind of goes back to the whole less is more conversation when the moment ha- happens that you're talking about the use of the solid black pages i guess it's kind of giving something away but it's such a poignant moment and the yep. way he just the book literally go, goes to black yeah and you have the beat where you're that, you know, you've just seen this tragic thing, and as a reader, you get to have a, a solemn moment with it through the reading of the book. Yeah. And talk about lessons more—it's just a black couple of black pages, and holy shit, does it hit home? Yeah, you know, it—it it, it gives you the moment to kind of live in that for a second.
0: Yeah. And and right after the black pages, the uh, creative team does something that twists a knife. Yeah. They, they stab you through the heart and then they let you linger a little bit and, and, yep. and face what they've done. And then a page later, they twist that knife and it's like, Oh, you bastards. Why did you have to do that? Yeah. Yep. It just, it kills you. Um, there, there, there's a, uh, a sequence of pages that look unlike anything other in the book. The the narrative is colored by by D Cuniff, the main narrative, in in earth tones and, and rugged rugged colors like ochres and and browns and and very yep. ruddy greens. But then you see these this page and it's done all in red, reds and you're like what the hell's going on? And it's it's Ziff just slashing the hell out of out of people and then. A couple pages of the narrative will go by a bulk, and then you see another red page. You're like, wait a minute. What, what, what is this? And, and more narrative, and then another red page. And then something happens within the red page, and you're just like, oh, I get it. And it's so subtle. And the, um, if you pay very close attention, the sword that she uses in the narrative is not the same sword that she uses in the red pages. Hmm. so, put two and two together right yeah it it's just yeah. a very, very beautiful, masterfully done book. It punches you in the testicles and it drags you down, but it lifts you up in the end, so all hope is not lost you but you gotta read this, experience it for yourself. it is just so beautifully done,
2: yeah, this was a great book. this was a great book,
0: yep, and um, it's uh like I said, black mask seven ninety nine I'm guessing it's uh sixty eight pages, right?
2: Something like that. I was looking for page numbers when I was doing my notes and there aren't any. Right?
0: Yeah. It's oversized. Standard
6: size? Pro- oh it's oversized. Pro- <laughs> no,
0: magazine sized.
2: Okay.
6: Heavy yeah. paper,
0: um clay coated covers, real thick yep. stock, full color. Um there's a a process bunch of process pages in the back. You get a mm-hmm. uh you know, Eric uh Zavodsky's talking about how he came to the style in the book and you know, um, there's a, a craft corner with D. Cuniff about all the uh, his choices for what colors he used in, in certain sections. It's just it's an amazing book and and the investment is minimal for the takeaway. The takeaway yeah. will will linger with you for a long time.
2: It's almost like a phantographics package with all the back matter and yep. What a beautiful book! That's what caught my attention. I, you know, I don't. I just saw the cover and the oversized uh size of it, and that, that's what got me to look at it and flip through it. And you know, just even going back to these red pages, they're so kinetic and brutal.
0: Yep. And and, and shield made the thing is the the main character is a shield maiden. A shield yep. maiden was not a fighter. They would protect the fighters they they well, would they would throw themselves into the battle in order for the men yeah to do what they had to do this is a shield maiden who has stepped up she she's in the role of traditionally at this period in time was reserved for the men and she slays i mean she is every bit as formidable as as um the the, the best male fighter would be i mean she is badass
2: that's true, but there's also the protector side because she is seeing her group of women and seeing beyond it because I really love the, the point in the book here where it gets to... Uh, she's talking about turning this into a worldwide movement.
0: Right. It's, there's and a I very strong a feminist slant.
2: Very, very. Yeah. Very, very. If she, if she defeats this creature, then she can feel uh, like she can protect more. And that's right. what she's talking about. And but that, the that's thing, really it's not.
0: But another facet of it was, if she defeats this creature, she hopes that others will see her achievement and realize that they can do similar. Exactly right. Exactly. So it's like it's it's rabble rousing to get to pick up the feminine to a level where you know you can do this too.
2: Yeah, this is which, you don't have to. A, have a, which is in a sense like a protection kind of, you know. Right, teaching someone how to protect themselves and, and be like that—that's that's interesting. I love that.
0: Yeah, no, it was
5: and it phenomenal. Sounds, and it sounds like—I mean—they're really pushing the Arthurian stuff pretty hard on it too, right? Uh, the, the sword... they, they don't have to have sword and stone, right? right? but I mean that—that yeah. that carries a lot of like a lot of like meaning, right? So,
0: but it's not and a huge aspect too. of the book, though. I mean, she would have done it. I'm guessing without her father or her husband's sword. Right. It's just, I, I think it was a symbol she could rally around, but she was really mm-hmm. rallying around herself.
3: Okay.
2: Yeah. yeah, I don't get the sense that the sword itself. There is a moment that I don't want to get into because it is towards the end, and Vince will know what I'm talking about. But throughout the entire story, I don't get the sense that the sword has any sort of mystical or magical powers no it
0: doesn't. it doesn't so
2: yeah like you know she, I, she's the kind of woman that she would pick up anything and beat the hell out of somebody i feel
0: like yeah okay i mean she doesn't sit back and wait till they come to her she goes after them. no yeah yeah phenomenal yeah this is great amazing you know
5: phenomenal. and i ne- and i never picked up the dregs but the i was looking at it again and i really need <laughs> it seems like i really have to read that too yeah so, yeah,
0: this
2: guy, yeah, this I got the first issue. It was great, but I never continued, but it, it was cool.
0: And we talked with Zavadsky at length at uh Heroes. What a nice guy. So humble. Like he doesn't realize how damn good he is.
2: He's talented. Yep.
0: Right that. Indeed. Indeed. All right, let's let's keep this train rolling. We got a lot more ground to cover. Tell you. Mario, you're quiet. I, I can't have yes. that. I can't have no, that.
6: Not at all. Hey, um, I read a graphic novel last week <laughs> <Jesus>. that just <laughs> came out. Have you guys heard of these new things called graphic novels? Really? really. I it's kind of like, kinda, it's kinda like a, a comic book, but like there's a lot more of it.
3: <laughs> is wow.
6: that, and, and, and typically the price tag is a little exorbitant. Wow. When did you this know? start? Um, this... I, think, I think just last year they started putting these. Things oh, up. okay. What is this a part of something? that
5: trend where comics aren't just for kids anymore? Oh,
6: yeah. I saw a sign that said that, and I thought, "Hey, I'm not a kid," and <laughs> and and maybe I should pick these up. Um, but no. So, um, oh shit. What I read was uh, there is a cartoonist that I think we are all familiar with. Um, he's my Facebook friend. So you know that's important. Um he uh, uh he is box brown. Oh, oh yes.
3: Oh, nice. Please.
6: And uh his new his new graphic novel is a uh a piece on uh the always funny and um and historically important, Andy Kaufman. I just got uh, to see the, I'm my fist right now. I'm so excited to talk, to hear you talk uh, about this.
2: I meant to get this damn book today, and I forgot.
6: Yeah, so it's called "Is This Guy for Real?" The unbelievable Andy Kaufman by Box Brown. Um, and you know, it's a full size graphic novel. It's I mean, it's 260 pages or so. Um, and it's in that great Box Brown style. You know, it's it's it's, it's you know talking earlier about cartooning and. And you know he uses a pretty minimal line in his cartooning um it is it is you know for lack of a better term cartoony you know um if you don't know box brown's work but uh but yeah i mean i've I've always loved Andy Kaufman since I was a kid um same, same. you know uh, I discovered him of uh you know after he was dead because of oh you know, I was like seven, probably when he died or so um but uh you know and since as, you know, I remember in my teen years, like re- trying to read about him and trying to figure out, like, wh- who was this guy? Um, is this is this guy for real? I would say to myself, like Fox Brown's title of the book. Uh, uh, but then, you know, eventually, you know, I there was a I forget the name of it. I should look that up again and see what it was. But I borrowed it from the library. There was like a kind of like an unofficial biography of him in I'm going to say the early 90s that I read and I thought was pretty interesting. And, um, and, but then, you know, once, once the, uh, the Jim Carrey movie came out is kind of like when everything, you know, I learned as much as I could about, uh, Andy Kaufman because, you know, there was like, you know, there's like specials on VH1 or whatever at the time about him and stuff like that. Um, you know, cashing in on the popularity of the movie. Um, but yeah, this, this graphic novel is, uh, it's, it's pretty excellent. It, um, it focuses, I would say, it focuses mostly on Andy's wrestling career, um, which is no surprise from Box because he is a he is a uh, you know he's a a magnet for wrestling things. He uh you know he did the Andre the Giant book. Yep. He's obviously a fan. He's obviously a fan of the wrestling. Um, but it focuses a lot more on the wrestling than anything else. It focuses on you know uh, the wrestling with the women and the wrestling with Jerry Lawler. Um, but. I mean, it's it's pretty fascinating. There's not. I would say that if you're if you're a, a big uh, Andy Kaufman fan like I am, and you've you know read about him and 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 tried to find information about him, that there won't be anything necessarily new in here. You know, like Vince, I don't think you'll read this and you know come away with something that is you know new information or whatever. Like you know you know about his relationship with Freddie Blassie and stuff yep. like that. You know, yep. so you know that'll 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 all you know be like not new information. But Box Brown. Through his cartooning, uh, presents the story of Andy um, in a fun way. Um, it's just it's very entertaining. I have to say my favorite part in the whole thing, and this, this is something that I always had like heard, but I, I and I don't know if, how how true it is. I, you know, it's, it's I don't know if it's something at this point that you could prove, unless you, I guess, unless you talk to, uh, um, what's his name? His friend is still alive. Shit. Zamuda.
3: Zamuda.
6: Zamuda. Um, uh, but like, you know, Andy would wrestle these women and part of the reason he, uh, and this is what, you know, box talks about in here, you know, part of the reason that he did that, you know, as box says is because it aroused him, you know what I mean? He really got off on wrestling, uh, the women and so much so that box has this, this full page, <laughs> this full page, <laughs> uh, uh, page in here where it's it's almost like it's almost like the back of a Spider-Man comic, a Ditto <laughs> Spider-Man comic where he like where he shows the costume and like you know like all the pieces of the costume and all the mechanical parts in it and what it all does and how Peter uses all the pieces. But it's wrestling. It's Andy's wrestling costume and a diagram of it, and it, sh- it you know it shows that like it was design. It says it's designed to camouflage his arousal. You know, he, it has like <laughs> it has like separate baggy long underwear that that provided coverage. Then he wore a base layer of underpants under that with thick shorts over top of that, so it gave him all. And, and he also apparently would tape his dick down. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, wow, well, I find you know, myself
6: get,
0: doing that too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
6: <laughs> he would. You know, he would get so aroused wrestling these women, and you know, part of the reason that you know Bach says in here. Um, part of the reason he did that, he, he started wrestling these women is because he thought, you know, you know, I'll probably be able to sleep with probably like 80% of these women. Even if I sleep with just like 60%, that's, 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 you know, that's something, you know, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm, getting ahead somehow. I'm getting laid. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great book. Um, it's a really, it's, it's like, like boxes that work. It's a, it's a fast read, um, I also read his Tetris book that came out not too long ago, um, which I really enjoyed. But uh, yeah, it's a fast read, um, entertaining. Um, you know, it's, it's it put out by first, second. Um, yeah, it's, it's the same box brown size. It's, it's that, uh, what is that? It's probably 6x5 uh, or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 20 bucks uh, retail, um, but it's excellent um you know it gets a little bit of, it gets into the david letterman stuff it gets into the the jerry lawler uh you know letterman slap and all that stuff um but yeah it's pretty great have you ever this seen this is the book that
0: you go oh
5: this this is this is the book that i this is the story that i wish man on the moon would have
6: been yes mm-hmm
5: the, I mean, and Andy's brother says this at the end, or he quotes Andy's brother, communication with Andy's brother at the end, that he thought Man in the Moon was mean-spirited. And I guess it didn't really occur to me that it was mean-spirited, but thinking back and hearing him say that, I'm like, yeah, you know, it was kind of mean-spirited. Uh, or made Andy seem mean-spirited, you know? Um, and, but this seemed – this was a very different story than whatever we got in that Jim Carrey movie, right? Yeah, I thought yes. – this this felt very human, and it felt very – you know, genuine in the same way that I, th- that in the same way I felt about Andre the giant, right? Like it yes. didn't try to like, it wasn't a hagiography, right? It wasn't trying to hide like the weird shit. It was making it all there, but explaining this is a human person. This isn't, you know, this legend or whatever this, whoever this is, is, uh, had, you know, complex feelings and ideas, you know? Right. Um, right. I, 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 it was, I thought this was a beautiful book.
0: Yeah. I think the man in the moon, became, at one point anyway, became more about Jim Carrey than it did Andy Kaufman. Sure.
3: Uh, I think that's right. Yeah. Where
0: it, it was, oh, Jim Carrey is so immersed in the role that he actually thinks he's Andy Kaufman, which, I love Jim Carrey, but that could be bullshit. Yeah. You know, he, it could have been Carrey acting like a complete asshole just to get away with saying that Oh, it wasn't me. It was I was Andy. You know, so yeah. is so if you're doing a biopic on a on a on someone that that could have been there's a very fine line between sympathy and vilification for a guy like Andy Andy Kaufman, where yeah. making it about you does nothing to to blur that line or you know to push it either way. It just makes it more about you, whereas you know like you're right the 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 andre the giant book there have been many good and bad things written about andre by people who have known him but i don't yeah. think the, i don't think Box's book picked aside i just he just yeah. especially the this the part on the bus yeah you know i mean that yeah. was but um what was i going to say have have you guys ever seen breakfast with blassie
6: Yes. Yeah. yeah uh, it's or not. That's not what's called, right? It's called. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Is it breakfast? Yeah, my breakfast. With Lassie? With Lassie, yeah, oh it's, yes. One yes, of yes. My dinner with Andre. Right. Yes. 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 Yeah. It's,
0: mm-hmm. it's, it's unbelievable that yeah. you know that Andy would would sit there and just ponder. Should I have the eggs? What should I order? Like that's mm-hmm. the whole thing about it, the the bulk of the thing is just what they're going to order and and uh, andy <laughs> says should I get the hash browns and and Blassie says what are you nuts the hash browns that's carbohydrates I can't have that you know it's it's crazy yeah. that but that that Andy I think Andy was a genius again I use the word um, there there was only one other person before him that approached. Or that blurred the line between reality and comedy, and that was Lenny Bruce. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah. And I think that that's the thing, though. That in thinking back about Man on the Moon, especially after reading this, that's the thing that like makes that makes me uncomfortable and makes me sort of think less of that movie. Is that especially with the Jim Carrey stuff, like, well, he thinks he is Andy. I think that diminishes the genius of what Kaufman did, like the genius of his
6: performance. Yes, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. It felt like, I mean, it, it, you watching that movie, it, it just, it just feels like, um, Jim Carrey doing another character of something, you know what I mean? Right.
2: He's, he's just, he, he definitely takes on the character, but it's like he only embodies the mischievous side of him. Right. Yeah. And there has to be more than that.
5: Yeah. Yeah. There's
2: his humor is all about the, the peculiarities of humans. So that's not like a mischievous devil at all times. That's somebody who's paying attention.
0: Yeah. I think I think Andy was a very frail human being who yeah. who kind of used the uh he liked to push people to the limits of uncomfortability just to hide the fact that he was he was hurting. Yeah. And it, it's well, it, it's a weird equation. I, I can't approximate it because I, I don't I don't I haven't really understood it even after all these years. But yeah. th- I think mean, that's the brilliance of Andy. We, you yeah. f- you feel it. You don't really understand it.
6: Yeah, and I think I think Box gets that across too, in that the sense that like he de- I don't he doesn't present his story in a way that he comes to a a conclusion or a verdict on Kaufman's life. You know what I mean? Yeah. He just presents this life and lets us view it through you know his eyes. Um, yeah. You know, and even you know while still knowing you know that Kaufman is was this you know controversial figure who you know whose work was, you know, debated on what it was and it's, you know, reinterpreted and you know, it's it's really about the uh box as the biographer and the reader, you know, as the audience and just watching the, the I can story. Rem-
0: I can remember I'm older than y'all so yeah, I was there on the ground floor with Andy Kaufman and <laughs> when he did the Saturday night live with the Mighty, Mighty Mouse, Mouse, yeah, oh, I oh, I, w- oh, <laughs> I I was <laughs> like this is insane. I mean, I don't remember how old I was. I was young. It it, it never registered to me then that what I was seeing was a landmark in, in comedy. But back, looking back, it's like that took incredible confidence to get up there. And when you give someone – when you're offering up a, an act like that where – you're 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 leaving it to the viewer to interpret whether you're legit or a joke. It's like Ben Mara. Yeah. Ben Mara's yeah. visuals do the same thing. You're thinking, this guy can't fucking draw. His hands are too small. Those heads are too big. It, it it's, it's a mess. That's not out. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so so he's 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 giving it giving you the benefit of of the the discerning whether or not it's tongue-in-cheek or whether it's being played straight, Andy did the same thing that takes a very confident person to, to say, alright, I'll leave it up to them whereas Jim Lee if we're speaking term solely in terms of visuals, Jim Lee is the kind of guy that's like, I am leaving nothing to chance yep. you are going to yep. know that I am a brilliant illustrator at boom, look at this It's it's I'm a virtuoso. Where I think there's more, there's more soul. There's more meat on the bone with the guys that are confident enough to 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 just present the work.
2: Just be absurd.
0: Yes, yes. They they have the confidence to to just be be an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and
5: and I think in Mario mentioned this uh too but i think box brown the way the way that he frames that those through the sort of wrestling story with with jerry lawler right and with all and with blassie and with uh oh my gosh the other guy that whose name is escaping me right but he frames it all as kayfabe yeah right like, Yeah. i mean these guys like these wrestlers at the time when kayfabe was still in place like i mean they had to, the the audience had to believe that they were this thing they were this villain you know, and, and Kaufman takes that to just a a completely different level, right? Because you you know because it's he's so dedicated and so confident, in, like you said, you know, in the craft and the performance, um, that makes it really work. And I think that the thing that helps make that uh, tangible, right, is. Is using this is using the Jerry Lawler and the and the Blassie stuff as a sort of frame for that. It's like to help understand like what he was doing. Because mm-hmm. yeah. otherwise, if you're just coming to this cold, or you're only coming to it because you saw um fucking Taxi or Man <laughs> in the Moon, like I don't mm-hmm. think Aiden is going to make a lot of sense to you, right? Yeah. Um, but that was that was probably the the biggest takeaway for me for this is that he he helps make sense at least it. Not completely makes sense because I don't think that he's trying to make a hundred percent sense, but he's trying to make Andy work for the the audience that isn't going to understand him naturally, right? Yeah,
6: yeah. yeah. I mean it makes sense. His uh, Andy Andy's obsession with wrestling makes sense for those reasons, you know, because wrestling is that you know at the time it was that area where you know the the wrestler and the audience have to like they collaborate together, right? Like like yeah. actively collaborate, or mm-hmm. everything will just fall apart. Yeah. If they're yeah. not, if they're not both in it, then it loses.
2: You know. Well, look yeah. at what he does when he goes on Letterman. He gets that audience involved in that fight. Yeah, you know?
0: mm-hmm. it's it's it's. And he never, popular. never, ever broke character. No, no, and that's what made it uncomfortable. You, you were expecting <laughs> a, a point where it's like, ah, <laughs> this is a this is a joke, where and and that carried over. After his death, there are still people that claim that Andy's not dead.
6: Yep, that this yep. is just—I would not be surprised.
0: Right, it's just a grand ruse. It's—it's it's just another bit that Andy has perpetuated and will not break the yep that that thread. He's just—he's amazing.
6: Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you. And like I feel like if he was still if he was still alive and it was all a great joke, that the ultimate punchline then is that he doesn't reveal himself until he actually dies for real. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah. Th- and even he doesn't even see the result of that joke. But, you know, that would be the ultimate, like, he was here all this time and we didn't even know it. That would be perfect. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah.
2: It's just kind of like one of the first guys that put his entire life on the stage like that, like such conviction
4: yeah. you know,
2: to play that role. And to yep. keep going with it, that it creates like this mythological thinking about him that people think he's still fucking alive. That's yep. crazy.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, you there's, know, there's a real fine line because Lenny Bruce would get up on stage and read the proceedings of his obscenity trial. Right. Yeah. And the audience would be just like, you know, waiting for the punchline. It would never come.
2: He real life d- is funnier than jokes sometimes.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
5: But... But Andy's one of those people, though, I mean, and you guys have all sort of touched on this, too, I guess, but he's one of those people that, like, the first time you see him, though, like, you don't forget it. Like, I remember the first, I I have a distinct memory of the first time I saw Andy Kaufman. Uh It was when I was maybe six or seven years old in, like, the first days of Nick at Night. And when Nick at Night used to run SNL, right? Dude. You guys remember yep. this? Like yep. SNL was on Nick at Night, and it was hosted by uh, Alf I think Franken and Davis were doing the hosting, right? They're doing like the bumpers for the show or something. Wow. Um, but we we're at my aunt's house in Indianapolis, and my parents are watching SNL on Nick at Night, and the and the Mighty Mouse bit came on, and it just blew my fucking mind. Yep. Like I like I can't like I can't forget that like the hold that that moment had on right. me because it. Because prior to that, I watched him on Taxi with my parents, or uh, watched him on watched him on t- yeah, watched him on Taxi with my parents. But I never, like, Latka or the the foreign man character, like, never, like, hit me until I saw that same guy do Mighty Mouse, and then mm-hmm. all sort of just, you know, came rushing in. Like he, there was something here. There's something special about right. this. He sparks
2: he, like a million questions when you see that, like,
0: right? Yeah, <laughs> yep. Because even even back then. I'm thinking, does this person really think that this is enjoyable? <laughs> like, yes. there, there's no skill involved with this. He's no. he's playing a record, but then, I mean, obviously not back then. But as I, as I got older, I'm thinking, well, the the Lauren Michaels and the people behind Saturday Night Live had to be in, in on the joke. I mean, they 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 are allowing this guy to participate in their show but maybe maybe he's you know maybe he said he was going to do one thing and he did something else and maybe the joke was on them as well as me but it it takes it it there's a point there's a part of Andy Kaufman that can't be verbalized mm-hmm.
3: yeah. that
0: you just feel it and yeah. the 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 confidence in this person who doesn't even know how to dress like his 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 style of dress is horrible he's he's frumpy he's he lacks confidence but this person who lacks confidence is getting up in front of all these hundreds of people in the in the audience but not counting the the millions of people watching and he's just playing a record Like it's just what's funny (laughs) about that it's not funny it is funny it's not funny it just pushes you in this area of uncertainty that feels good and feels bad at the same time. Yeah.
5: Yeah. And, and the thing is, like, he has the confidence to be that foreign man character, right? But yep. that foreign man character is a character that is inherently not confident about who he is until he becomes a third person when he becomes Elvis. And then he's super... Right. <laughs> <laughs> right or so Mighty Mouse? Just like
3: yeah. Layer after layer
6: after. Layer I layer. would like to do the President Jimmy Carter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am Jimmy Carter. Unbelievable. And then he does, and he does an Elvis impression that is as good as any other Elvis. <laughs> and that's yeah. that's the joke.
3: That's yep. the joke
0: yeah. you know yep.
6: it's amazing. And
0: he was a great bongo player. Yeah, he was
6: yeah. A very he very. They too. Yeah, they have a whole section in here about that too. Cool.
2: Did you ever, any of you guys ever see his audition tape for Saturday Night Live? Yep. Mm, uh, no. It, uh, you could YouTube that, like uh, Andy Kaufman audition Saturday Night Live. It's amazing. He's just reading this poem. <laughs> and that's it. Like, it's not even, It's not a, you know, it's hard to explain, but it's just a poem. He just keeps reading it, and they ask him, can you do it again? And he does it again. Like, he, he's, he's got his character. He's got it down. <laughs> and what it looks like, you know, it's this, easy for us like you can tell he's something he's worked on but it, it, he just delivers his poem and it's it's like bone chilling and funny as hell at the same time it's so weird yeah
5: it's like like the uh his talk show too right where he's got the yeah. ridiculous desk that's like fifty oh it's like 50 feet high but yeah, <laughs> yeah. And his ex-girlfriend's there and then they act like they're going off air and he's grilling her about about like their shattered relationship and stuff oh my yeah. god and,
0: and you look at the, the guys performing today uh the comedians there's a guy on adult swim that owes everything he is about to andy kaufman i forget the guy's name he's he sits at a desk and it it's very disturbing um confrontational the same. This, is it is it Andre? Eric Andre or something like that? Yes, Eric Andre. Oh, yeah, Eric Andre. Yeah, yeah, Andre. yeah Eric Andre. It, that, that's yeah. that's un, it's everything Andy used to do. Only it's it's more obscene and it's more controversial because he uses language that and and incidents that Andy would never do, you know. Yeah. But it's still, I mean, that's Andy Kaufman. He's doing Andy. Yeah, yeah.
2: And, it, Andre's really going for like shock value too. Right, like, that just yeah. cracks me up. But some of those things he does are just. Off the wall, like right,
0: right. Well, DAP has been very quiet. We can't. DAP has been enjoying himself. Well, good. Well, tell tell us what DAP has been reading. <laughs> I have something for you when you're done. I don't know if you're going oh, like to really? it, but I do. Yeah.
1: Oh, um, let's see. I well, I caught up. On Avengers, but we got to wait for Jason for that. Oh yeah, because you can't go there without did. the boy. Yeah, right. Um, since he brought it to us,
0: but um, did you read the latest Avengers? Yes, dude. Um, right. Oh my god. <laughs> right?
1: Yeah. And something gave it away. I'm like, yeah. See, this does. Anyway, we'll 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 get into it. To
0: definitely you um, one of the best Avengers stories I've read in a long, 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 long yeah.
1: time. Yeah, when this is collected, this is going to go on the shelf right next to yep. Avengers Forever.
0: Wow, uh, really?
2: It's, oh, yeah, seriously,
1: no, dude, no. it is it yep. is a hotness, really? and it looks good too. Even yep. though, even though the wow. art, because it's weekly, um, you know, you've got a couple different three artists on it so far. But it's, um, it's, and it's, it, 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 it's quick, and it's. Yeah. It, there's this really, there hasn't been this most recent this week's issue is probably the closest thing and even then it still isn't a filler issue and it's just been it's it's a lot of fun and and yep. it's it's hey, each issue it's has deep,
0: a huge reveal to it too like yeah. he he's not this is nothing extended or uh, what he uh, decompressed there right. there's meat in every single issue
1: and like and and like Vince likes to talk about when he brings up evolution there, there are three writers credited with this each issue and and it's very hard to tell. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, it's very hard to tell who you know where where Mark Wade ends and where Jim Zub picks up and where Al Ewing finishes. It's just they're 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 all on the same page with this. It's it's tight and right. You guys should definitely be reading it. Um, wow, but along also oh. in the Marvel universe, um, Donny Kate's first Dr. Strange arc has finished yes. and has led right into the, I don't know if you can call it a second arc because it's somewhat of a mini event, uh, damnation. So, uh, Loki sorcerer Supreme has concluded, uh, in typical Loki fashion, more or less, uh, Loki is a dick that that's not news. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, Steven's kind of an idiot for pretty much falling for it. But, uh, it, it looked amazing. Walter's art was, uh, I, I it, you know, we were talking about Parlov earlier and, and there are certain artists that, you know, give off, it, it invoke certain, certain feeling. And, and Walter was awesome on the vision. I, I like the way he brought Tom's story to life with that, um, Oh, that's who's
2: drawing the
1: story that's who yeah. was drawing yes, it was wow. Nico Hendrickson drew the um hopeless arc before uh-huh. Kate's came on but this um but now uh dr strange three eighty six Nico is back to draw the um the first part of this damnation arc, and um that cover yeah that's up of of what him um was it him playing poker? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That that's an awesome cover. Um, but it three eighty six, as as the front page tells you, uh, the events in this issue take place concurrently with, but mostly after Doctor Strange Damnation Number One, and uh, Damnation starts off by letting you know. That the events of this issue take place before those in the Mighty Thor 703. Because Thor is on stage uh, with heroes like Falcon and Black Panther and Hawkeye and Captain Marvel in Las Vegas. Apparently some shit went down in Las Vegas. People are dead. The city is dead. Um, But Steven is, is going to come and save the day and bring everyone back. Damnation is brought to you by Donny Cates and, um, let me make sure I get the right credits page. Uh, Nick Spencer and Donny Cates are your writers. Your artist is Rob Rice, who drew, um, Cal from image. Uh, and it's more or less Dr. Strange versus Mephisto. Uh, and it's weird and it, it's it's a different weird than like Spirits of Vengeance was, but it it's I'm I'm kind of digging it. Uh the first issue at least, and then of course the, the, the more or less tie in to um to Doctor Strange. I you know, I, I don't um I know they've they've already revealed the next um Creative team on Doctor Strange, but I, I'm not really um, at, at no point I've, as as I've been reading at least these three issues to the end of one arc and then the, the, this new event. Uh, I don't feel like like the past few issues with slots amazing, where maybe treading water, or just trying to get everything together. So this way, you know, when 800 hits, it, that's that's the big thing. Uh, it's been a pretty natural progression with with kate's and strange and and how we wrapped up the loki story and then got to this and it kind of led right into it 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 it's not like that arc ended and th- there was a reshuffling or a clean slate and now there's this damnation arc and and it's like well what the hell happened before none of that makes sense or or we're just Pretending it didn't happen, it 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 flows into it pretty neatly, uh, even with the return of someone that Steven lost in the first arc. It, it's I've really been enjoying Kate's playing in the Marvel Universe, and and I mean I've enjoyed I I enjoyed Ghost <laughs> Fleet from Donnie, since uh, and I adored God Country.
4: Yep. Uh
1: So so Donnie really hasn't steered me wrong. I haven't read everything. I, I know Jason's talked about Baby Teeth um, and Cannibal, but uh, as far as the things I've read that the man's written, I've been enjoying it all. Uh, but this Doctor Strange has been a lot of fun. I wasn't sure how I was really... I mean, after Aaron finished his Doctor Strange run, um, which was flat-out amazing, uh, Kate has referenced and and made sure we all know what what happened in aaron's run had repercussions there were it wasn't just you know that that was jason aaron's story and we're going to pretend that you know it just happened in a pocket universe or we're never going to talk about it there there's still things going on that uh that's tie into what aaron did uh but it's it's um but yeah, as far as Walter drawing Doctor Strange, it it over the years we've had we've had Paul Smith, we've had Marcos Martín, you've had Geis Juice. I mean, there's just been a lot of artists on Doctor Strange, and all of them kind of, and we almost had Frank Miller, but almost all of them had a um, really kind of hammered home, the, or even the Bruner stuff, the the, the acid trippiness, and. And Walter kind of didn't. It was more grounded. Um, But it still worked, especially because I think of the Loki connection, but because Donnie wasn't really trying to razzle-dazzle you, more or less. It's just, it was, it was kind of a straightforward story. It was Donnie getting you to know his take on on Doctor Strange but it was it was pretty cool. I I um I enjoyed it a lot. I, I think the 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 play between Loki and Stephen Strange uh worked as far as I'm concerned. But you know if you read that arc from the beginning and you're like, "Well, this is all bullshit. I don't know what the hell's going on here." uh and then just said, "I'll be back later." It it all gets revealed and explained and and it really at no point during any of it did did I, you know, think it was all bullshit or you know you just pulled it out of thin air. It 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 all made sense because of the players involved. Uh, so yeah, I I really have been getting a kick out of Doctor Strange. I'm still getting a kick out of Doctor Strange. It the is just really kind of weird. I um <laughs> yeah. it's it I because. I mean I dig Mephisto's new look but it's just one of those things where uh new, I don't new old look hmm.
2: was he got the suit on or
1: something yeah 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 he's he's, he's looking like a pit boss but it's exactly. um it it's just yeah i it, like if you were to give me the elevator pitch I'd probably be like yeah okay that that that's cool uh you know whatever but seeing it play out and, and how it all just kind of, uh, and it's another moment where, where Steven is just like, you know, comes in big dick swinging. And it's like, dude, there are like, you just had everything explained that that there's a price to pay for everything. And you're just like, Oh, I'm like, don't worry about that. It's just like, dude, how do you, I don't, you just, it's like now we're three steps back again. It's like, how did you not learn from anything you've just been doing? But, Uh it's it's maybe there's a little
0: bit of Peter Parker in Doctor Strange.
1: Oh maybe. That could be. Uh but no, I've I've like I said, I've I've been enjoying Doctor Strange. Uh and uh this damnation is is pretty weirdly neat.
0: I really like Donny Cates' stuff. Yeah. I gotta admit
6: Marvel apparently. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: it, It it takes um it takes a, a, a strong talent to get me to read Doctor Strange.
3: Mm.
0: Kate did that. I mean, Aaron got me in the door. Right. And I
6: just continued. Oh, you came for the century. You know why you came. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <sighs> I do like
6: the century. It's a good use of the century.
0: It, it is. is. It, it really,
6: is. really is. You know, yeah. stuff set up by Aaron, and then it pays off in the century. It's, yeah, it, it's it's it was somewhat clever. It finally, serves a purpose. Yes, <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> He's getting his own book now, too, isn't
1: he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lemire, <clears throat> Yes, yeah, Lemire and was uh, it Jacinto? Jacinto?
0: Yeah.
1: Lamir always
6: wanted to write Miracle Man. <laughs> <laughs> hmm? What? Or <laughs> Prime?
0: Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's we're getting close to St. Patrick's Day.
1: Are we? Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah I have no idea. We're yeah, getting sure. we're we're getting there. So All right. uh, I. And I don't
1: look my calendar by you know being drunk, but okay.
0: I read a ton of green
1: <laughs> <laughs> for this uh, episode. Oh. Uh, specific, no, brother. I tried to.
0: Now stop. I, um, I, you I did specifically uh, lantern. I read. Green Lantern, Core, Volume 2, Alpha War. This is New 52. Yes, I'm always late to the party. But I'm picking up the slack. I'm trying to get all this New 52 stuff read.
1: You heard about spider one,
0: right? And I also read <laughs> Green Lantern, Volume 7, Renegade. Mm-hmm. I don't That's think – That's tried I am Oh, no. Should well, see, I, I, I kind of knew you wouldn't – but, all right, so we'll, we'll go Renegade first.
2: Is that before Rebirth, Vince? Oh, yes. yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Now, let me get the book here because I didn't write the creative team down because I didn't think I'd get to it, but I, we are. I'm, I'm getting to it. Green Lantern, uh, Volume 7, Renegade, written by Robert Venditti, hmm? who's pretty damn good. Um, the majority of the art is by Billy Tan. But you also have Mark is it Irwin Birthing
1: or Philip. Is it Billy?
0: It's Billy? I thought it was Philip. No, it's Billy. It Philip Tan It's Billy. Mm. It says right here in this hardcover graphic novel. Is it that 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 <laughs> I've read? <laughs> no, that? no, because it's a collection of comic books. It's not a graphic novel. Oh, but aren't they all? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's <laughs> no, it's a hardcover. Uh, so <laughs> art hardcover. art by Billy Tan, Mark Irwin, Scott Hanna, Ethan Van Sciver. Martin uh Cacciolo and Pascal Elix colored by Alex Sinclair, Tony Avinia, Pete Pantazis, and those hi fi people we see all over the place. Um in in this uh volume, Hal has left the core. There was um in in um Volume 6, the life equation, black hand tampered with the source wall. He, he touched the source wall and he set off something really nasty and his actions result in a rift in the source wall. There's a big old fucking hole in the source wall. <laughs> and, and it, it also... I, I did. I'm a pig mouth. And another layer of... Another problematic... Uh, occurrence is that Black Hand can no longer raise the dead he just turns things to stone and an already unstable Psyche has gone way off the deep end so you have Relic who was once imprisoned in the source wall but has been since set free, the giant Relic is studying the source wall and he's coming to the conclusion that the lantern rings themselves are part of the problem. That they're siphoning all this emotional energy from the universe. That they're actually depleting. So you have the 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 yellow rings are for um what fear? No, yes, the, is the red rings are for fear? I
1: mm, no, thought red was oh, yellow
2: envy maybe envy. no
5: yellow, yellow, yellow sphere red is rage anger. rage
0: right uh blue is for um compassion and hope and love and no violets for love so all mm-hmm. of these emotions that the the rings are are um they're very stock and trade is de- is depleting these emotions from the the universe but the the thing is that that hal starts he, he has left the green lantern core he beat the shit out of Kilowog under this um, trumped-up occurrence to make the Lantern Corps think that he's gone rogue, and, ki- and Kilowog has played into it. He's like, is this
3: when he was
2: like wearing the hood and everything? Yeah, yeah.
0: yes, like Jesus? yeah, yeah. yeah but, okay. And that's the part where I knew Dap wouldn't like it because it. This is a this is how Jordan in action, in word and in deed, but in in appearance, he looks more like Bucky Barnes.
2: Yeah,
0: he's got this long, straggly hair, and, and you know he's wearing clothes that you know hoods and just to try and 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 be inconspicuous. But he's he's a lone wolf, and and that's the problem. I think ha Hal, Hal works best when he's a leader, not working by himself. He, he's best in an ensemble cast. Whether it be the Justice League or the the Green Lantern Corps, Hal's Hal when he has other people around him. You agree with that, Dap?
1: Uh As post nineties, yes. Right. Exactly.
0: So so Hal's coming across all these planets that. Um, are turned to stone. He's like, "What the frig is going on here?" And he goes to Sector Zero, which we all know is home base for Oa, and the Green Lantern Corps is gone. They're they're nowhere to be found. So there's there's two mysteries in this book. Um, he also comes uh, across a, uh, I guess you can call him a prince, uh, a being of royalty named Virgo, who is sold into slavery. Uh, and long story short, Virgo and his captor, this guy called Trapper, eventually join up with Hal to go planet hopping and to try and come to the source of, pun intended, the the problems. But this is basically Hal on his own with a, a tiny, tiny, tiny uh, companions being this lone wolf. And going out and and doing what, you know, he's not a cop anymore. He's a hired gun. Um, There's a a really neat section where this spaceport has been commandeered by Thanagarian uh, thugs. And they lure people into the spaceport thinking, oh, it's a spaceport. We can refuel, get some food, have some fun, and then we'll go on our way. And it's not anything at all. The Thanagarians take the ship's. Take the people. They're 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 pirates, but they're based on this 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 uh, spaceport and um, the one uh, section the Thanagarians. They fly. They they take to the air. And Hal looks at them and he goes, "I own the air." And I'm like, "This is so cool. Like I'm having fun with this, even though it doesn't look like Hal." Billy Tan's art is not optimal for me. I mean, I like it. It's okay, it's okay, but this is more of no. I don't want to. I'm I'm not going to, you know, throw shade at Billy Tan. He's he's good for what he does. No, not when there's Ethan Van
1: Sciver still in the book. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I I take the kind of perverse satisfaction in Ethan Van Sciver's work as I do late period Paul Galassi.
3: Mm. Yeah, uh, where
0: mm. where 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 it's like. <laughs> I, I realize that human anatomy don't work like this, <sighs> but if you're going to try and give them uh, demerits for not adhering to human anatomy, you better give Kirby demerits too.
2: Yeah,
0: and life. So many abs. Yes, <laughs> yes, for days. yes. But um, it—I just thought it was a fun book. I mean, I got—I derived nothing from it other than a giddy kind of glee seeing Hal in a role that he hasn't played many times in mm-hmm. the past you, you didn't like it
1: I I can't say I didn't like it because I, I only got a couple of issues into it I I had no um, no frame of reference I had no context I, I didn't know why really he was doing what he was doing why he was want me to tell you I thought you had been no
0: the reason why he took krona's gauntlet Hal doesn't have a ring anymore right. in the, in this story he's wearing krona's gauntlet which is not one ring it it has the power of like 12 rings according to guy gardner
6: so he oh he, so it's like when he killed all those green lanterns he had those rings on his fingers
0: yes he he <laughs> he he beat the shit out of Kilowog to take this gauntlet. why did
6: he do this i i'm not clear on why he beat the because of
0: because he had to put up a front he had to make it seem to the guardians or to the core that he's a renegade that he's on the lamb that he did something Kilowog was in on it yes Kilowog okay. was in on it and the reason why is because the guardians at some point in the new 52 the guardians become the villain. They create, they created these, you know, the Alpha Lanterns, which well, they've is. They've always
2: been kind of like little dickheads, haven't they?
0: Yes, yes. Well, power corrupts. Right. But, but the Guardians created the Alpha Lanterns. In a, in a who watches the Watchmen type deal. The, the, the Alpha Lanterns are the IAD, the internal affairs of the, of the, the space cops. They police the police, right? So, um, Jon Stewart, is 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 kidnapped and tortured, and uh, by the uh, what what were they called the the keepers, and um, the there was two other lanterns with with John Stewart, and um, one of them was going to reveal very crucial information to the to the keepers. So in order for that information not to fall into enemy hands, John Stewart killed a fellow lantern. And all this was orchestrated by the, the Guardians. And because Stewart killed the fellow Lantern, the Alpha Lanterns bring him to trial. And Guy Gardner ain't having it. And this whole thing erupts. Meanwhile, there's these gray, disgusting um, creatures that are going and assimilating lanterns. They They have no mouths, no ears. They want, when they touch you, they, they, they become you. They, they eat you from the inside out. They take away all, almost all of your sensory apparatus. That's the whole third army thing. The guardians were assembling an army of subservient beings who could not question their authority, would just enact on their rules and their, 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 their dictates. And Gardner picked up on, on it and so did John Stewart and it was this whole thing but long story short the guardians became the villain and in order and when the dust settled on that whole third army thing the guardians weren't looked upon as benevolent beings by anybody in the in the galaxy so in order to elevate the core Hal did this trumped up theft of krona's gauntlet in order to elevate The core and bring it back to, to what it was and to, you know, so you can trust the guardians again. Meanwhile, the, the lantern, the green lanterns are all gone. So I'm still reading, but that, that's what it seems. It's just this play to, to push the, the core back into a level of prominence where now they're vilified by people. It's like, how can we trust the guardians? They just tried to destroy everything, you know? It's, it's just fun. It's fun stuff. And if you ever wanted to read a, a good Guy Gardner story, Green Lantern Corps Volume 2 is, is a great Guy Gardner story. If you don't like Guy Gardner, you will by the end of this, this, this volume. Because, uh, yeah, Tomasi paints him in a very sympathetic light. Like Gardner has a brother and sister that are both cops. His father was a cop. And even though Gardner uh, Guy has, you know, he got the ring, he's a space cop, his father wants nothing to do with him. He thinks his brother and sister are more, uh have accomplished more being beat cops with nothing more than a gun and a badge where Guy has this ring where he could do all these magical things. And the father's like, that ain't nothing. Look what your brother and sister do. So So it's a struggle between Guy and his father. It's a struggle between Guy and the Corps and the, and the Guardians. It's just, it's just a great, fun story that, you know, Guy's always the joke. You know, Batman, Batman told him shut up, you know, and stuff. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's stupid. But after you read this, you would see, I think you'll see Guy Gardner in a different light than is traditionally, he's traditionally portrayed. It's, it's fun. (coughs) I know Dap doesn't like him. That's why I always say Guy's my favorite.
1: I love how you think I don't like Guy.
0: Yeah, I know you don't. You don't like. What yeah, no, Okay. You're wrong. Do, do you like? Who do you like better, Guy or Kyle?
1: Are you seriously asking me <laughs> that fucking I, I, question? <laughs> Are you seriously?
0: <laughs> well, this will show how long me how have m- you know me. I I know you like Guy more. Thank you. Jesus.
6: How Is you Kyle even, still running
4: I can't, around? Can't, yeah. Yes.
6: Uh, Wait, you, oh, Kyle oh. will always be around. <laughs> <sighs> I
1: can't. Oh my God! I need. I need another shower. How do you even? How do you? how How does that question even? Who do you Kyle like? Kyle or God! I really, Jesus! That's. Oh my God! Who,
0: who do you like better, Kyle or Sinestro?
1: <laughs> oh, Larry
0: Niven, of course. Okay, that's a good answer.
1: David, who do you like better, Gil Kane or Hitler? Right. <laughs> What would you rather have? So no chocolate yeah. or to be sodomized by Lucille? I
0: just... I Go for Lucille. Yeah. Okay. But no, okay. I mean, like Amazing Spider-Man, I my my love affair with the Green Lantern Corps waxes and wanes. And I'm See, cur- now that's
1: funny. Because I was just going to say, like your love of Spider-Man, my highlights for Green Lantern were the mid to late 80s that's that's I, I, we'll never get back to that but that is I mean aside from the Gil Kane Silver Age stuff and hard traveling heroes it's everything pretty much before crisis was that that's my Green Lantern sweet spot not that there haven't been decent Green Lantern stories since then but um,
2: I really loved Emerald Dawn that was great Mark Bright Mm.
1: Yeah, oh, and those were written by priests. But the the the, the there were the two Emerald Dawns, and you yeah. know, and and I I like Mosaic, but once you know you you end up with with gray-templed Hal, which led to yeah. Parallax and 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 that bullshit. You know that that's when I'm just like, okay, you know, I'm glad everybody has the Green Lantern now, but um, I I rudely cut you off, and I'm sorry.
0: No, you didn't. No, come on. I never put. I, in fact, I didn't read much Green Lantern until Hard Traveling Heroes. Okay, and then after that, I didn't. I mean, I think the Joe Staten stuff was the the next time I read Green Lantern. But even though, like the whole parallax thing with Hal, it didn't impact me at all because I didn't really care. Right. the 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 major, the highlight of Green Lantern for me is the Sinestro Corps War. Mm. That that's my. Green
3: Lantern.
1: That's that, no, and that's that's good
0: shit. Yeah, and all this plays on that. So it's still the legacy of uh, Jeff Johns. All all this is built upon what Johns did. I just i i i like the sci fi, spacefaring aspect of of the Green Lantern Corps. Not set on Earth, more or less. Um,
1: It should be spacefaring. It should it, be, uh, you know, it, it, Green Lantern. And it's unfortunate that they, from what I understand, they tried to make a movie about it. But it's it's one of those things where <laughs> there are things that happen in Green Lantern that really should only exist on a comic book page. Yep. It's very hard to do something like Green Lantern in any other media. I mean, I thought the um, the cartoon from a couple of years ago was pretty cool, but <laughs> it's Green Lantern is is this, made for the comic book page, and and that's that's where he really should stay.
0: Yeah, but there's a danger with Green Lantern. If you do not have an artist that is capable, you, I, I would think you have to be a virtuoso to illustrate Green Lantern or the Green Lantern Corps because you have to do – you have to be adept at hardware. You have to be adept at human anatomy. You have to be um, convincing in the many alien life forms. Like you just can't hack it. Mm-hmm. when when you're working on green lantern and i think the problem with green lantern from time to time is they put artists on the book that aren't up to the challenge.
4: Mm.
2: It's a difficult book.
0: It is. Yeah. It it it, it it's it's <coughs> very demanding. It requires you to do to wear many hats. And yeah. you know a lot like a creation. Like him or not, i think Ethan Van Skyver wears the hat better than some of the dudes that have accompanied him on the journey. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Van Sciver, but what he does—that narrow window of what he does—he does very well.
5: Did you during uh, Sinestro Corps War? Did you read um, the Gibbons stuff? The uh, the Pat yes. Leeson one. Yeah. I, I, see, I think I thought Pat Gleason was for me was, was better. He, I thought he was better than Van Sciver. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and handle and handles all that all those things that you're talking about and handle them deftly sure yeah please that's, so, just, that's just I mean your mileage will vary obviously but yeah that was but, me. i
0: mean tan is is a is a good illustrator, but he's not very versatile so yeah. when he's creating from scratch like okay, he draws kilowog fairly well he will draw Salak very well, but when he's making stuff up that, I mean, new characters and characters we've, we, you know, we've seldom seen or haven't seen before. He doesn't have a huge range. Yeah. You know?
3: Yeah.
0: He's, he's Buck Dharma from Bloister Cult. He, 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 <laughs> he you know, he, do, he doesn't have, he can't hit the high seas. But yeah. within his, his narrow window, he's not bad.
1: The, uh, what what i like Sorry. about some of with the various lanterns I, I appreciate how at least for the ones in 2840 the, the ones from the earth uh you had john stewart who was an architect you had uh hal who was great at picking up boxing gloves you had kyle who who, who was an illustrator mm-hmm. and the fact that because if each of them had um, talents or skills, whether it was Ron Mars or Ron Mars, it, it would just be whatever – you could actually have um, the Lantern rely on whatever their skill is. So, So you had the writer and the artist able to – they had the Lantern – if John had to construct a holding cell or if, if, if Kyle had to think of something, it, it just, I like the aspect of, of when, cause like you just said with, you have to be able to draw different aliens and, and, and each alien is going to bring different, especially the lanterns are going to bring different skill sets. And, and it's not just drawing It's not like drawing a Star Trek comic. Um or you're gonna have a bunch of different aliens now, you actually kinda have to get into the mind of these aliens. So and and so Green Lantern is not really it's I don't want to say it's a hard comic book, but there's I guess I just expect something that not a lot of people can give me when it comes to Green Lantern. If that makes sense. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I
0: think so.
1: I think we lost Zach.
0: We yeah. did, and I don't know how to get him back. He
2: lost audio. He said, did "You see that?" Yeah.
0: Yes. And <laughs> Zach is still <laughs> sending comments. <laughs> <laughs> we, <laughs>
2: Episode five twenty eight. It's like this is that. the
0: first time he ever did this. Um, it, we got it. Might be it, no. We got Zach back. Yay! Sorry, <laughs> but one of the one of the aspects of this thing I didn't I didn't tell you about is. Because Crona's gauntlet is so powerful, Hal has to be constantly struggling with keeping it in check. It's not like just a ring you can put it on and walk around. And you know, the willpower kicks in when he needs it. The willpower always has to be on. He's got. No to, sense. He's got to suppress yeah. this thing from because it's so incredibly powerful.
2: He's like, the greatest I li- Green Lantern, so that, he, I mean, is,
1: he should be able to handle it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He's got to tape it down like Andy Kaufman. Right,
1: <laughs> right. But if you yeah. if you have Put it taped down.
0: down all the time, there's going to be a a point a point where <laughs> it's going to fight back. That chubby's going to yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I, I BC's thought it was. To be free. I thought it was a lot of fun. I'm glad. But awesome. okay, yeah. I have to couch, uh-huh. couch my um, approval with the fact that I did get the hardcover for five bucks at yeah. Ollie's. I didn't pay whatever twenty four ninety nine or whatever the, the the hard the price well that that uh, makes me better no, I got it for five dollars, so yeah, it's great if I paid twenty five bucks for it, maybe it wouldn't be you know <laughs> that my enjoyment is I'll, I'll, there there are times when my investment determines my appreciation, let's just say
1: yeah, yeah. and i it's it's weird because i I kind of I kind of rail against that because the price, the, the content is still going to be the same regardless of the price. So it, it's, I, I totally get someone who would say, you know, yeah, it's worth five bucks. And, and, you know, then... But it's still... Whether, regardless of the cover price, regardless of what you paid for it, the content, the page count, none of that is going to change. The story is still going to be the same. So I try not to ever put what I paid for something into, into my review or my judgment of the story.
0: Yeah. I would, l- I'm going to pretend that I would like to feel the same way, but I can't, right. right. J- I know, just just I know. like you have a, I mean, I'm not judging, of but, course not. but you we have, never. you have a difficult time in separating the artist from the work. Like if, if, if somebody took Lucille and smashed, Baby's heads open with it, and you read a book by them, you'd be like, "I hate this," you know. It's you would, you, 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 you whatever. But (laughs) if if I spend a hundred dollars on a comic, I'm going to want a hundred dollars worth of entertainment out of it. If if they have um, Jim Calafiore on it. No offense, but I want my money back.
1: <laughs> well, I think the only person take <laughs> offense is well, but it's I, I, I I get it. I and you're not alone in in feeling that way, and that's and that's absolutely fine. It, um, now Frank I
0: Miller, I would just pay hundred dollars for one page, right? Right.
1: I mean, because you're not all there, but it's it's still one of those <laughs> things where. I know I I, I'm still trying to get back to the whole Lucille and bashing. You know what I mean. In.
0: You, you you are a very emotional being. Where okay. we we've gone over this many times with the Justiniano stuff, where I still say I love his art and right. you you can't
1: have it. No, I don't. No, no, no. I believe Jason can't have it. I love bringing it up to you because we we get the whole you know mm-hmm. what would you let him watch your kids thing, but it's one of those things where it's i it's, i'm i'm more i think in line with you where um the there aren't many artists where i can there are more artists i'm fine with they're whatever they do outside of comics mm-hmm. than 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 Um and not necessarily comics, but like like anything Mel Gibson does nowadays, I'm not going to bother with. You know, I mean that that's one of the he's one of the few who I could actually say, no, I'm I'm whatever he does in his private life is going to affect whatever I see from here on out. But as far as comics, yeah, there probably are one or two, but you know, if you wanna take out the old creeper books or whatever then that's
0: right, and uh, not not oddly enough, but Ethan Van Sciver himself has become infamous for his comments on on Twitter. Right. Yeah, and so in supporting him with my five dollars, long I mean it really doesn't support him. I don't think you did because the book was already
1: bought and paid right, for. And, right. And, and right. Right. But
0: so but if so I got- if I were to buy a new Ethan Van Sciver book, you have to disregard all that stuff that oh, all that, that shit but, that comes out of his mouth.
1: So, uh, I, oh, so there that, is one who I, I he is he's one who I, I, I do not because I wanted to to try that um Green Lantern Planet of the Apes. But like you said, Van Skyver was the main cover artist and I wasn't I wasn't gonna support him for that. Right. So there
0: there you go. There's my glowing review of <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, Green Lantern glows, so yeah, it works. Yeah. I just, I, I'm also not, not, not thrilled with the various artists on it. There really yeah. should be a book titled Venditti and Friends. I mean, there are just way too many people on this book.
0: Yeah, I don't mind.
1: It's a bit inconsistent.
2: They hit their deadlines, right? DC Comics come out all the time on time.
0: They
1: do. That's because yeah. Colette is dead. So.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: nice. Oh, my goodness. Any other business we have before we uh, bring this puppy on home?
1: Uh, well, f- as far as business, Vince, uh, yes, there are two shout outs. A Mr. Darren Richards and frequent. Facebook group poster, Mr. Christopher Hubble.
0: Hell yeah. Thank you, gentlemen.
1: Nice. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: Thank you. And uh, we, the reason why we give these people shout-outs is because they have joined our uh, stable of Patreon supporters. And uh, if you'd like to check that out, you can go to patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. That's 1-1, one, one, no apostrophe, O'clock Comics. Check it out. We're having fun. Uh, we would love to have you, and we would be honored if you, if you would do so. Other than that, that's <coughs> all so we got. Anybody else have anything they want to bring to the table before we take her home?
3: Feel good. You yeah, good? good? Really? I'm ready yeah, for well. some in your
2: travels. Yeah.
0: All okay. right. As usual, this episode of 11 o'clock comics has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBservice.com, one more time for the people in the cheap seats, DCBservice.com, where you can get your stuff, get it now, get it delivered right to your door for a very fraction of the cover price, such as Amazing Spider-Man 800 for a lousy 4.99 for 100 pages. DC Nation Number zero for twelve cents. What? And <laughs> Red Sonia meets Tarzan from Dynamite for a ninety nine. Um, in your travels, i read another uh, trade paperback. This one, I got to get it. Got to get it over here. Okay, this one was um, written by Carl Kessel.
1: Oh really, we're doing this?
0: I just wanna we could go into it in, in more depth um later on. But if you've never read the uh, Kessel Grummet Hazelwood run of Superboy, what's wrong with you? For real though. Fix this. There there is a trade paperback that has recently been released called Superboy, book one, Trouble in Paradise. It's uh Contains Superboy 0 to 10.
1: Cover In p- chronological order.
0: Yes. Cover yeah. price on this is twenty four ninety nine, But I didn't What's pay it? that. Yeah. Holy shit, it is. I, I only paid 12 bucks for this. Yeah, we did. Because DCBService.com, yo. But <laughs> I, I said this to Dapp on the Slack. I've never encountered uh, and I'll put this as um, all ages as I possibly can. I never encountered a Tom Grummet woman that I didn't want to know better.
3: hmm
2: yeah, He's got a rough, like pin-up style.
0: Yeah, he's amazing. But yep. not only that, he's extremely uh, dexterous on the page. Fight scenes, uh, low-key moments where characters are just talking. Grummett, Grummett's the bomb.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, truly.
0: He continues to be the bomb. Like He's doing work these days, which is great. Uh, I would love to see him on a on a very high-profile book so uh, those who are not in the cult of Grummet would uh, become acolytes because the guy's amazing.
2: Put and him on Robin again.
1: Got to get that Robin mention in. Yeah. Uh, I love Grummet
2: on Robin. <laughs> Grummet Robin is great, I think.
1: You just love Robin. Grummet, yeah, everything is great.
2: Yeah, he's so good.
1: Yeah. You know what's crazy about this book, Vince? Hmm. Issue number... Hold on. I want to say number nine. Yeah. Is written, of course, by Carl Kessel. Inked by Doug Hazelwood and Andy Parks. Hmm? But your penciler is Umberto Ramos. and It is an Umberto Ramos that you will never recognize.
0: No, hmm. you won't. Um... Yeah, I don't I don't think it's a good Ramos.
1: No, no. I mean, good it, it, this is pre-crimson, pre-impulse. This is um this is almost Marvel tryout book Ramos. I mean, it still tells the story, but it is not anything like yeah, if you're the expect- Ramos you eventually get.
0: Yeah. Oh boy, what happened? <laughs> my my daughter are you almost done?
1: I'm Always
0: pasta. on a damn time limit. What is up with this? But yes, uh, um, if you want to read a good superhero book, get in on this newfangled thing they call Superboy. Superboy.
1: Newfangled, even yeah. though some of the phrasing, you could tell it's a '90s book. It yeah. is. It's. It's. It's not completely dated, but yes, there are some. It's. It's dope and fresh, kids.
0: It is <laughs> freaky, freaky, fresh.
1: I don't ever do that again. <laughs> oh shit! Um, yeah, that's fine. Because when we do get into our review of it, I'll um, my uh, my my very few quibbles will be, um, made known. I have a couple of issues to finish Stop. before I finish the book. But um, what? How about that parasite, yo? <laughs> yo, yo, yo. We got to do a su
0: We got to do a super related series. Oh, uh, parasite, maybe.
1: Okay. Why not? Let's do that. Why not? Throw them in there. It's very right tiddly. Um. Let's do this. In your travels, um. What you got? What do I got? I uh. Blah, 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 blah. I really don't have much uh, of anything really. What the hell did I put on the slide? Um. That's weird. Why is the terrific song that weird? already talked about that. The um. You know what? In your travels, it's weird. I, uh, no, I think I'm just going to uh, say ditto to your Superboy. Lame. I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to. Oh, That's lame. Because, I don't, I, I, because if it's in your travels, it's really not supposed to be something that you're going to kind of drag through the mud a bit. And, and, and John Wick number one is something I kind of want to drag through the mud a little bit. Okay. So I, I can't well, tell good. people to, to run out and read that. Um, but you, you know, know what? I, you shouldn't, you shouldn't okay. feel
0: bad about having books they already talked about on your, your Slack list because Jason's got like Silver Age freaking titles I know, on his side
1: I know. He's like, he's like, yo, dog, yo, you see this Tom Palmer on this John Bushima joint? <laughs> so the, uh, this. <laughs>
0: These milestone books are dope, yo.
4: <laughs> yo, <Yeah>, bro.
1: <laughs> Diverse. <laughs>
0: um, Heroes are born.
1: Uh, we got to read this. <laughs> Wait, age of what? So there's. Um, so easy to shit what, on him when he's not here. I know because he's not going to hear this. Um, <laughs> so things I, I things that recently wrapped up uh, that I've enjoyed. So in your travels, you can definitely check out Kingsman: The Red Diamond. Oh, um, because just like this was more in tune for me of the two movies than the first Kingsman: The Secret Service mini series was. I I, I I saw the first movie, I loved it. Uh, saw the Golden Circle, and then read the first book by Vaughn Miller and Gibbons, and in that mini series. I definitely see where they got some of the ideas for the movie, but the movie was way better than the comic. Uh, The red diamond, I think was way better than the first Kingsman series uh, and, and felt more like the movies for me, which is probably why I enjoyed it more. Um, There's, also, uh, well, Vincent, I still haven't finished talking about the beautiful death, but there was um, or made men. Jesus Christ, Vince, why aren't you talking about these things? Um, because
0: Jason said he wanted to read it, and he hasn't. I don't see it on his list.
1: Oh. Well, he, no, because he you, still has to he still has to read West Coast Avengers, the first miniseries, <laughs> so he can't read that <laughs> stuff yet. There's this there's this uh, this dope character called Hawkeye. <laughs> I think he's married um there's the first arc of angelic i finished that was really cool very good um so i'm looking forward to the first arc is totally uh getting the getting the band together so um I, i'm i'm kind of stoked to see where they're gonna take it from here on out um so yeah there, there are a few things that um that I kind of, oh and the Swamp Thing Winter Special oh my god funky yes. that was that was that was pretty rad uh, so yeah so so there, there, there you go a couple things there that uh, you could probably pick out and and enjoy that kind of um, yep. cover the gamut so there you go
0: I guess Tom is okay with selling his soul like <laughs> he just wants to make awesome comics here and you know screw his his eternal life after uh, because that's the only thing I could think of. Why he's so damn good. Mm. With everything he does, like, okay, you know, some guys can write Batman really good and, and Tom does that. But you got the Mr. Miracle and this Swamp Thing issue. Like, what the hell? What? Yeah.
5: That that Mr. Miracle series, Vince, or Vince, Jesus Christ. Hi. Ben and Yeah, hi, Vince. Hi. Ben Ben and Will and I were talking about this a while ago, but like that's something that we're going to be talking about for a long time, Mm -hmm. really long time. There's something really special about that book.
0: Totally agree. Yeah. That's why I don't get into it when the guys get into it because the issues resonate after the fact. Like, I can read it, I'll I'll read it and think, that's pretty solid, but then... But then later on, I mean, as as the story plays out in my head, I'm like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, I
4: think
1: I think after the twelfth issue comes out, I think a couple of months later, we should probably just do an episode on that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and uh,
5: Jason should should talk about this too, but uh, there's. There's that point in that first issue where he, where uh, where Mister Miracle says we're all bound by something. He's in that interview or whatever. I mean, that's that's straight up Ishmael, right? Mm-hmm.
3: right?
5: From Moby Dick, when Moby when Ishmael says "Who ain't a slave?" or when Moby Dick, when Ishmael says "Who ain't a slave?" I mean, that's when Moby Dick says
1: it. <laughs> <when Moby Dick, laughs> the cartoon version <laughs> Jabberjaw. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> Jabberjaw. <laughs>
5: Anyway, oh. I mean, that's, that's 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 straight up. That's Melville, right? Like yep. that. Yep. That should be something that like really speaks to him. I would
0: think. Anyway, if he thought yeah, about if he it, thought, if he thought about it, right? Well, he's, he should, not, well, he's, he's not. He's not you. Man,
5: right? So like you know, he's still worried he about back,
0: who killed Biggie. <laughs>
3: knows
1: who big is i know who big he is <laughs> mm. all right <laughs> what should they what should they read in your travels daniel me
2: um i would draw people's attention to in your travels new no brow the company oh they put out, they put out all kinds of great books obviously uh i've picked up a lot of different things but they put out this series called 17 by 23 have you guys ever picked up any of those no no, no. It's a it's like a little subset that they do. And it's all different artists and writers. Usually, like a you know the one who writes and draws, and they're all the same size, which is like a uh, maybe like a six by eight kind of thing. Nice paper, thick. The one in particular that I pulled out tonight was Gollum Chick by William Exley, and it's a great read. It's kind of thin, but what's great about it to me and why I would say just go pick up one of the 17 by 23 offerings is that it's like a real art little it's like a little art project you know this is the kind of book where you could almost you could read it as a book or you could take each page frame it and put it in the gallery and I would you know take that book in in a different way but in the same way if that was the case instead of reading it it's just like a it's a beautiful story that's real simple but the art's amazing and it's uh william xley does it like this chunky uh charcoal kind of style that he's got and i have a lot of other books in this series the 17 by 23 and every time i get one it's always a little event it's it's, it's a nice little package that they put together in the series so that's what i would say
0: while you're on the subject i always yeah. enjoy seeing your facebook posts when you when you put up the stuff that you get each week at oh, the really? shop. Yes, yeah. because you know, there there are members of our community that'll put up what they get and it's like a huge stack of shit and it's, it's not yeah, not it I don't it's
2: getting smaller and smaller. No, I don't mean
0: shit. I mean oh, I mean man, it's, a huge, quality over quantity. A huge stack quantity. of stuff, you know? Like I got everything from DC this week, a couple Marvels, blah blah blah. But you have it fine-tuned to this precise like you trim all the fat you get all the good stuff and you just it seems like you just enjoy the act of going there to get your cream of the crop and you just like here here's the five books i got this week and i always like oh you got you got it down that's the way to do it
2: yeah, I've kind of given up on being a collector at this point a little bit. And that that speaks more to, like, just lifestyle, you know, mm-hmm. working and commuting. And then I draw every night. That you guys, you're talking about the Energizer Bunny. Like, that's what I live to do is to come home and draw, which means I ain't reading while I'm drawing, you know. Right. So I got to whittle that down to what I really give a shit about or what really turns me on or, you know, or, you know. So yeah,
3: and on yeah, top and of it,
2: it, keep it special, keep it simple. And I still love going to the shop. But if I go to the shop and pick up two things, like that's that's cool. That's yeah, cool. those are the two things I really wa- I really want.
0: But then more often than not, you'll turn around and give them away.
2: Oh yeah, hell yeah. You I are keep the things I really care about or want. Sure, you know. But Superman, I dig reading Superman. It's a fun comic. I don't need to bag and board that thing anymore like i'm i'm good with that i give that to sienna and indigo my friend's two kids and they freak out when i give them comics guys Uh. and it's it's such a great feeling to see that sienna she's this beautiful little girl and she plays piano and she has all her comics in like this tote bag and every time i bring a new book she brings that thing down and she says look at all the comics i have and that's like such a that makes me feel so good that this thing that I love is getting, you know, teleported into this little kid now too.
0: That's amazing. So, you are have
2: man. have at it, man. Like, go, go read these things because I don't want them anymore. Like, I got what I wanted out of them.
0: Kirby, bless you. <laughs> <laughs> All
3: right, Gotta who's some
2: kids reading the comics, man? It's we'll true. Comics it's it's going away it 's going away, you know, so gotta get those kids involved
1: oh uh, yes and and by getting the, you never know what's going to spark that creativity
2: no yeah. you don't so that's if
1: true. i mean you you giving a kid that comic book is going to set them down on a path that 's going to want to make them either do something with comics or or you know what I can. I can be a scientist. I can be it's just yeah. I it, you don't know what the hell, and and by yeah. you by by us holding on to them it's yeah it I mean it's selfish. It does feel selfish and, and it's 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 not just sharing this hobby you love. It's just it it's it's opening a door of of what might happen and and there's nothing it and, and nothing may but you yep. don't. But but nothing definitely will if you hold on to them. So by by absolutely by, uh, I'm 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 with you there. Yeah. Um, let's say Zach. Oh, ooh la la. Um, We're going out with yes. Mario. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Got end on a high note, Jerry.
5: <laughs> Be sure to tip your waitresses on the way out. Um, so. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take advantage of you all, and I'm going to suggest two things. Um, the first is is an adaptation uh, that I stumbled upon uh, when I went to New York this summer at and picked up from the fine folks at Desert Island Comics. Ooh. It, it is written written by Jim Woodring and oh. drawn by Francisco Solano Lopez let see if you can guess what this is. It features characters named Hans, Frida, Cleopatra, Hercules, and the last one that should give it away, Gooba Gooba. Do you know what the adaptation is? Nobody? Oh, you God. fuckers. It's, <laughs> it's Todd Browning's Freaks. Um, one what? of my favorite favorite films of all time. The movie? Wow. Yeah, the movie. Yeah. Uh, Jim Woodring wrote an adaptation of Todd Browning's Freaks, and uh, this came out in the early 90s from a publisher called Monster Comics that was apparent – that must have been associated with Fantagraphics in some way. because It was public,
0: Fantagraphics.
5: Yeah. yeah, it has to be Fantagraphics because it's published by Gary Groth and Gary Groth and Tim, uh, Kim Thompson. So, um,
0: they also did an anyway. adaptation of King Kong by Don Simpson.
5: They did, and uh, they advertised in the back of these issues. Uh, Caligari uh, adaptation, and another one called Caligari uh, twenty fifty, which seems amazing. I should read Caligari twenty fifty. That sounds fantastic. Um, but this is really good, and I quite enjoyed it. Uh, Woodring takes some liberties, a little bit, a few liberties with the uh, with the script. In terms of language and filling in some blanks here and there, but um, but I thought this was great. Uh, I love Freaks. I think that, I think that's a fantastic film, and uh, I like that someone with the surrealist sensibilities of Jim Woodring is uh, reapproaching this. So I thought this was really good. It's four issues. Uh, I think it was collected, but I only have the single issues, so I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure uh, if it's. Uh, still available anywhere outside of this, but it's fantastic and cheap to pick up, like a couple bucks an issue at the most. Um, that's all I paid for it. So that's one. And it was really exciting because, like I said, I love that movie. The other, the other thing that I want to suggest is more readily accessible. Um, but it's not specifically comics, but Vince knows this book very well. Um, it is called The Hidden World. And it is the, it is a collection of, uh, sort of questions, interview questions, and images of the didactic art collection of Jim Shaw, uh, who was, uh, one of the founding members of a band called Destroy All Monsters. Yes. And, um, so essentially what The Hidden World is, is it's kind of a catalog, uh, a museum catalog type book, right? But, um... But it, it 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 fills out it fills it out a little bit more, right? Like, and it's not. And the other thing, the other thing to sort of take away from this is that it's not complete. So, uh, at, at Michigan State uh, this year, until just a, a few weeks ago, um, we had a Jim Shaw and Mike Kelly installation that just featured all of the Destroy All Monsters, their post Destroy All Monsters artwork. Um, And collections and among those amongst that collection was the hidden world stuff and the this book is not complete in terms of all the things that jim shaw collected and essentially what it is is if you're like me uh you love weird esoteric and occult and sort of didactic pop culture sort of ephemera and artifacts right uh i'm really interested in these things and and sort of how they're produced and who's reading them i mean it's like chick tracks but just expand it out right it's like chick tracks plus hal lindsey plus steve ditko plus yeah you know, I, w- I was gonna say that
0: it, it helps your your case that there's a double page mr a spread in this yeah. thing
5: <laughs> yeah th- there is and it, it, and i guess that's what i mean when i part of what i mean when i say this is incomplete right because Um, To bring it back to comics, there is a double page Mr. A spread, and Shaw talks very briefly about Ditko's um, sort of interest, to put it mildly, in objectivism and Ayn Rand and producing all these didactic comics. But as a part of the Hidden World collection, though, he does what I think is the right thing and doesn't sort of contain it to just the Mr. A stuff. He stretches it out to um, Hawk and Dove. Right, which is very much in line. It's, it's like a diet version of Mr. A in the same way that qu- the question is a diet version of Mr. A. Um, so, so it's not complete. It doesn't contain everything that Shaw has amassed and ha- it doesn't put it in the full context. But uh, if you have even a passing interest in this stuff, uh, a passing interest in the occult or in how it's sort of playing out in American pop culture uh, or these sort of weird... Uh, one-off things. I mean, this is a great um, sort of not not insider's look, but it's a great sort of overview of uh, of how Shaw has imagined this and the things that he's collected. Lots of chick tracks, but not just the chick tracks, um, but the but the full comics, the full Bible comics, um, and lots of stuff on uh, UFOs and uh,
0: <laughs> the the pictorial tour of uh, Unarius. Cracks me up. Yes,
5: yes. Uh, I mean, just all kind. I mean, it's hard for me to sort of briefly articulate like what what the contents of this book are and what the contents of this collection are. But it is fantastic um, and really just endlessly fascinating uh, to just thumb through and you know ponder. You know, yeah, what, what the hell were people thinking when they were reading this stuff or producing it?
0: It's a the form factor. It, the book looks like um a little masonic i don't know what the mm-hmm. masons or or like say the the G, the church of jesus the of latter day saints how they yes. have those little tiny um whatever they call their 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 scripture or their doctrine it looks like a little bible yeah it, it's it a does. hardcover it's a it's a small book but it reads like a mixtape where yeah. where you just are given the lead ins to the stuff like like there if if this were a mixtape there'd be hundreds of songs on it but none of the songs would amount to like 30 seconds or, yeah. or, you know or more so so it's it you get all these fringe and occult and um esoteric and um like you like uh, Zach said UFOs there's comics in here there's jack chick and and yeah. and bible studies and um illuminati it's 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 amazing but you don't get too much of one subject it's it's
5: almost like an issue of it's almost like just like a really long issue of found magazine
0: oh i thought you were going to say fate
5: uh fate too but yeah. uh, but it reminded me as much as as much of as of uh found because I mean I mean this is literally stuff that he just found right 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 um but like a, as an example of like some of like the strange stuff in here right so there's lots of there's lots of interest in the tarot and but not just like this the traditional sort of tarot decks that we all know from popular culture or crowley or whatever but the james Bond 007 tarot deck cards <laughs> and designs right um or it, which is then immediately, which is juxtaposed with, uh, you know, children's, um, bizarre like hyper Christian uh, children's anatomy books, and, and um, and then a few days later, or a few days later, a few pages later, uh,
4: feels books like by,
5: days. yeah, feels like days, but uh, stuff on Mormonism, right? But not just like, but not like just mormon sort of you know um propaganda is not probably not the right word but mormon propaganda but think but propaganda against the mormons right uh and linking them to all sorts of you know occult beliefs and and trying to demonstrate like the evil uh sort of undertones of you know different uh different forms of christianity and the laying on of hands and uh, all sorts of weird just bizarre stuff that that somehow uh, even though it's all operates on these individual levels, somehow all links together to tell this really interesting story of sort of occult America, right? Occult America of the like the mid to late twentieth century. So it's, it's just a fascinating book, um, and well worth anyone's time, whether they're interested in comics or weird, uh, weird American history or secret histories or whatever the case may be. It's really great. So yeah. try it.
0: it. It's a uh, book it, it's, where. You can pull it off your shelf and blindly open to any page and just enjoy. And then next time just thumb through it and just hit a page where the illustration may, you know, float your boat and just like there's, there's stuff in here from the Awake magazine and Mm -hmm. then, and then you get this, this 3D diorama Christian thing where they're, they're, they're cutting out, you know, altars and it's, it's, it's bizarre. It really is bizarre. Um, I I really, it's one of those books where the the full impact. There's Virgil Finley art in mm-hmm. it. The the full impact of this thing, unless you have it in your hands, it's kind of hard to get across exactly how bizarre yeah. this thing is. But it, it's yeah. well well worth the purchase, and it will reward you for years. Like like I said, yeah. you could it's there are starting points for. Massive research, and and the thing that I love most about it is that Zach is talking about it is he doesn't believe any of this shit in no. this book, but I believe it all. <laughs> so, where he looks at, at looks at it as a book of satire, I take it as gospel. So, yeah. you know, uh, uh, see it uh, approach it as you will.
5: But but I mean th- I mean that's the beauty of it though I mean and that's and that's the thing like it's not about whether I believe any of this shit I mean this is these are I these are real ideas that real people had right right and, and that real people sort of <laughs> attempted to or or you know successfully did disseminate across large sections of the popu- population right and and because of that it's that alone makes it worth at least asking about and and being interested in right it's not. I, you know, I don't buy. I don't believe most of the shit I read, right? But yep. that doesn't make it not interesting.
0: Um, the truth is out there, and it's in this book. <laughs> it might be. No, it is.
3: It is. <laughs> it is.
5: <laughs> but it's 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 really it's really fascinating, and um, I, I can't recommend it highly enough. And in the event that you're in the area of these uh, of this installation somewhere, like. It's well worth your time to track down to go to the museum and spend just hours looking through this stuff and sort of piece it putting together all these pieces, right?
0: Yeah. And you can get the hidden world on Amazon.
5: Yes, you can. Yeah, yeah. Hidden World's available. Yeah.
0: Nice.
1: The end. I, I, love, I, I love you so much. Mwah.
0: No, talk, I was talking to Zach. I
1: know you do. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know you
6: were. mm hmm all right, I'm gonna close this out with something, <laughs> something brand new. All right, oh, shit, something brand new. It's 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 another one of these graphic. No, I'm kidding. Um, so, all right. So, what do you do if you uh, let's say that you guys let's let's say that you you, you smoke the marijuana, all right? Sure. And let's say that you smoke the marijuana and you're an artist.
3: Okay.
6: And you use mm-hmm. it. You use it in uh, as inspiration, and you uh, smoke it when you you know when you go in to draw, right? Hmm. And it's something you've always done, right?
2: Okay, um, I don't know anything about this, by the no, way. no, 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 I know you. Don't. I swear to
3: God, <laughs> I know.
6: Um, what do you do when you decide that you want to quit smoking the marijuana? Because after decades, you think maybe the smoking does not improve the art hmm. well one thing you could do is you could take that struggle uh, with with this change in your lifestyle and you could uh take the you know the stopping of your drug habit and make stories around it and that's what uh a little guy named Jean Giraud did when he did inside <laughs> Mobius.
4: Uh.
6: Mario, you're so beautiful. So, um, I just got this, uh, last week. Uh, it's the, uh, Dark Horse Inside Mobius Part 1 hardcover, um, part one of three parts that they'll be releasing over the course of this, uh, this year. Um, collecting his Inside Mobius, uh, series that he did in the, I believe, in the early 2000s. And I think it's his last, I think it's his last work. Um, that he did that was like his last original work was getting through this inside mobius stuff but it's um you know it's 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 pretty interesting because it's 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 very personal and um uh you know it has the the dark horse version um has a like notes in it from uh, Diana Schultz Diana Schutz who uh, was a translator mm-hmm. and like uh she breaks down like um like, uh, the, the problems that, uh, Mobius has, um, you know, with, uh, with, you know, quitting, quitting weed, you know what I mean? Um, and, uh, I mean, it's just really interesting. He, 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 inter- it's, it's, he draws himself throughout the, throughout the narrative. Um, but he incorporates his, his, his characters that are, you know, that are, his famous characters, like the guy from, you know, airtight garage with like the, the pointy hat. I can't think of what his Cornelius. name mm-hmm. Cornelius. Cornelius. Um, but you know, it's, I mean, they're just, they're, they're throughout, they're throughout the book, you know, Blueberry's in there. Um, John DeFleur. Uh, yeah. Malvina, Geronimo. Um, but he, he uh, Mobius, he spends a lot of time with like, trying to figure out, he, he, he 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 does he, there's some religious aspects in here too and i i'm wondering i'm, assu- it, I'm assuming it's post 9/11 influenced because he spends a lot of time with like a fictionalized interpretation of a terrorist leader uh and he's trying to figure out what would drive that person to commit like you know uh, murders and atrocities um but you know he's doing this while trying to not be stoned while he does you know while he apparently you know Apparently, he always was a a weed smoker when he was, you know, drawing his, his stuff. And you know, he's trying to work through that. Um, but it's, it, you know, it's a really great presentation. It's a nice hardcover. Um, yeah, I I highly recommend it. I'm going to leave it there. I think is everybody Is that something you out.
2: talked about in the forward, Mario? What's that? The the whole quitting the weed. And is that something that he? Is given to you before the book begins, or is that in well, the narrative of the story?
6: Well, it's in the it's 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 somewhat in the narrative of the story. They talk about it in they talk about it in like the there's no he doesn't have like notes up front. Uh huh. Um, the notes up front are uh, like by Schultz and stuff like that. Um, and like just opening notes and things like that.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
6: there's 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 a forward by um by Isabel Giro Um, who I'm assuming is his wife, but maybe his daughter. I don't even know. Honestly,
1: it's his widow. Uh,
6: It's his widow. Yeah. Um, and she talks about, you know, how like, uh, you know, he, he, he wanted to to stop smoking weed and to, and you know, he, he, he gives himself this landscape in the book called he calls desert bee, in which, you know, he, he tries to express himself uh, without weed. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's classic, you know, it's, it's great Mobius drawings, um, very few panels per page, you know, like big, like, you know, just just two panels per page and um, large drawings and all kinds of, you know. See, I don't understand
0: that. I don't understand that approach. I mean, I, I love Mobius, but there are tools you employ to do what you do. Like, would he try and stop using ink? if 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 the the yeah if the thing has become as essential to his methodology as it sounds like the weed was then why stop it's look at his work
3: right yeah yeah
0: it it is it's among some of the greatest ever produced, so I'm not saying that was the weed but if if that was some of the lubrication that got those creative juices flowing, then why stop?
6: Yeah, well, he, I mean, he wants to—he wants to break out of what he considers a limit. You know what I mean? He—he he sees it as maybe a limit on him, and you know, like maybe like he's—he's he's working his way through this diary in a way to you know, maybe see if he can get to another stage of his wow, you know, creative output. See, yeah,
0: interesting. When I think of Mobius, I don't think of limits. You know. Oh well, I mean, always, you know, there's a guy that could s- seemingly do anything, right? Right. Yeah, and. Wow, it's it. You know, it it always surprises me when we get these these insight into these creative types. Where you'll have a guy as legendary as as Mobius, who's created some of the most breathtaking artwork ever, and he thinks he has limits. Right, like what? Yeah. And, and and that's where I wish he had a friend, or or someone he trusted, or or someone whose opinion he valued to the point where he would. You know, take advice where they would sit him down and say, "You're a god." Do you, do you not see the kind of? St-? I mean, obviously he he didn't he he didn't put much value in his own work, where he didn't think it was of of such magnitude, where it's among the best. Like it, it just it, I, I don't I don't know how to to formulate the words to to say that the fact that Mobius thinks that there was something lacking in his work where he had to eliminate something from his daily regimen to make his work better. That just boggles my fricking mind. Yep.
3: Yeah.
0: I he
6: was, I mean, he, was, like he kids, was, you know, he was be a, repetitive. Yeah. I mean, he was also like, how old was he in early, in early two thousand sixty, 60, probably in his sixties, sixties. Um, yeah. You know, so like, that's a, that can be a very, you know, a time where you really are reflecting on your life, you know, um,
0: if the if the weed enabled me to draw 1/100th as as well as mobius i would be ingesting the weed 24/7 <laughs> yep maybe he should have switched to salvia
6: oh yeah i'm sure <laughs> that would've been great <laughs> yeah but there's going to be there's going to be three three hardcovers this year that they're releasing the whole whole project.
0: The second one, I believe, was solicited last month. Yeah. 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 All right. There you go. Another amazing episode of 11 O'Clock Comics with our three guests. I'm going to go down the list again in case you weren't paying attention when we first started or you don't know who these gentlemen are. We would love to thank Mr. Zach Crusay, Daniel White, and Mario... Is it okay if I say your last name i i I, I never do because I don't think you want me to uh
6: yeah, you can certainly say my last name,
0: Mario muscar,
6: yeah,
0: he's the best, they're all the best yeah. they're all we love them so much, and um, for Jason, I, I mean, I'm sorry he wasn't here, but I had fun, yeah, how about you, depp? you have fun
1: i I had as much fun as I could without him here, yes,
0: see, you always gotta bring it home. <laughs> Make me look bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, you do that to yourself. No, I don't try to do that. Oh.
0: <laughs> that why, that's
1: why that's, he's boo. He,
0: that's why Jason's his boo, right?
1: I would yeah. say the same thing if you weren't here. Oh, my goodness. But then the show would sound like shit, so.
0: So, remember to come back next week because Senor Price gets extra salty when you're not. Yeah, apparently. Here. Yeah. No, it's not apparently. It's freaking true. I don't no, know about it. If it's he, true. He gets he gets a little distorted. So, bring him down this to earth. Be his marijuana. It. Be Daps marijuana. Yes. And, and, and let me smoke you. <laughs> <laughs> just come just come back next week. We love you so much. In the meantime, say goodnight. David. Oh. You're not gonna Good get it. Good night. Life. You're not. It's not possible. It's too <laughs> difficult. It's difficile. Muy David.
1: No. I try to do I try to do the whole silence, but Yeah. It's I okay. Refrain. I
0: think you, I think you got it. I think you got it.
1: That's all that matters to me. As long as you think I got it, then I'm I'm sleep well tonight. You're full of poop. Full <laughs> of
0: poop is <laughs> Thank you gentlemen. It was an honor to have you again.
3: Thanks for having us. Let's
0: yeah, do this, this again soon.
1: Y'all a bomb.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. You do us proud every damn time. It's not easy. I know. It's true. But but Heavy you rise you rise to the challenge, much like Andy yeah. Kaufman. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. See ya. Say bye. Bye bye.
2: Later. <laughs>